In this episode of the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we review one of Marvel's weirdest properties that they've managed to bring to the big screen, Doctor Strange. Full review with David Malofsky from A Place to Hang Your Cape. We got a little bit of geek news. Also, David highlights an independent comic book on Kickstarter for you guys to check out. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Saturday, November 12th, 2016. Hey, Wong, what'd you put in this tea? Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and Nerd. Oh yeah, what's up, listener? Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Thanks for pressing play. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. And he's the rug boy. Nerd. What's up, rugs? Nice to hear What's you. What's up, everybody? <laughs> How's it going? Thanks for joining us. Also, also joining us all the way from the United Kingdom in the future, over the seas, editor and cape of A Place to Hang Your Cape. You can find it at ap2hyc.com. And you can also find our show there because they carry us. Mr. David Malofsky. What's up, D? What's up, guys? And a special what's up to Rugboy, because this is the first time we've done a podcast together. Oh, my God. David's, David's had the biggest geek boner for getting on a show with Rugboy for the longest time, and I'm happy I can. Fu- it's like this is like jock and nerd uh, wishes. I fulfilled a wish. <laughs> <laughs> Make a jock and nerd wish. It's, yeah. it's a jock and nerd wish program. Meet an asshole, family. <laughs> there it is. Meet a filthy asshole and help homeless people. I don't know. Look, if you're a regular listener, you probably noticed we ran a brand new intro. Uh, what'd you guys think of that? Sounds pretty bad. You didn't like it, Rugs? It was pre- what? Well, <laughs> no, Anthony. What'd you think? That was uh, that was the first time you heard that. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? You know, I heard it on my phone and I liked it. Uh, playing it a lot louder uh, could be a little cleaner. <laughs> wow, everyone's just shitting on this intro. Malofsky, what are your thoughts? I, don't know. I thought it was a little. I'm, I'm going to go uh, with it was a little bit strange. Oh, just uh, <laughs> keeping with the theme. But yeah, it, I don't know. I'm so used to the um, the gypsy, uh, the gypsy. gypsy folk. Well, listen, gypsy jazz, that's it. Look, it's man. funny because I suggested to, to use this intro, and then no, nah, I just I don't know. Oh, you fucking <laughs> asshole! Look, it's, it's just the, not clean. It marks the new old world order that's begun. So the world is changing, and we are moving with it. Maybe we'll go back to the old one. But look, stick <laughs> around, stick around to the end of the show because we're gonna outro. That's just a snippet. There's a full version with verses produced by DJ Bamzilla and the Jockader Podcast. So listen, it's just funny shitting on anything you do, though. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Your positivity just. Uh, invites shit it's good uh i gotta have checks and balances so stick around to the end listen to the whole song let us know what you think if you are a new listener well then you don't know what you're missing you don't know what the other things sound like you're gonna love it but thanks for joining us here's what we're gonna do this is the jock and nerd weekly we got a little bit of news uh not a lot because i want to keep the main show open for our focus because we are going to review and discuss marvel's latest entry dr strange and we're going to finish it up with a little Kickstarter corner uh, as David Malofsky and A Place to Hang Your Cape are. They do a great job supporting the independent comics, uh, supporting their Kickstarters. 
we've met a lot of cool people, D, from from you doing this. So I'm excited to hear that. Thanks for that. Yeah, dude. I actually I saw both um, John and Brett ah, yep. uh, over the last two weekends, and they were really excited about uh, the way the episodes came out. That's that's great to hear. And that's the other thing, listener. If you're a new listener, David is an American geek in London. Oh uh, shit. He's uh, he doesn't sound English, but he's uh, he is English. So. Technically. I'm actually working on it. I've decided I need to start working on my British accent. Get, get that dual citizenship. That's, uh, that's going to be important in the near future, I think. <laughs> Very important. <laughs> Look, before we proceed, I want to mention to that new listener, check out our last episode. If uh, you're a Disney fan or if you're just someone who likes to hear inspiring stories, we had a great conversation with veteran Disney legendary animator Floyd Norman, the first black animator to be hired in Disney, 1956. And the man still works at Disney. He had 60 years of working in the industry. Uh, it was a great show. And I just want to mention that you should go to FloydNormanMovie.com and buy the Blu-ray of this because they are special features on that disc. Bonus footage. Uh, it's also on Netflix. So check it out on Netflix. But I think you're going to want to get the extra stuff because it's a great it's a great documentary. And uh, I had a great time with Floyd, man. He was a cool cat. Anthony, I think I know the answer to this, but did you get a chance to listen to that? No. Yeah, I was. I, that's what I thought. Uh, oh, shit. No surprise there. And then finally, listener, before we get on with the program, we kind of have to mention the big purple elephant in the room. Purple and orange. Orange and purple. It's different shades depending on the lighting. And that is... Uh, the season finale of Apprentice America. Oh, shit. Just aired last week. They picked a winner. And, well, now we have uh, Donald Trump. Hey, as, well, as if you're not a part of America. I didn't pick the winner. Uh, oh they God. picked Here the we winner. We, but look, I, I welcome our orange overlords. And now we have a CEO of America, uh, Mr. Donald Trump. But look, here's the thing. We're going to save this discussion for the post show only because now more than ever, you, listener, need this show as a safe space to uh, to escape from the wackiness that is our world in 2016 right now. But I want to go around and just, you know how we do instant reactions on Patreon for movies and stuff? Uh, we're going to do a little instant reaction-y thing here. Anthony, I want you to tell me when this was happening, what were your instant reactions, and what are the feelings of the millennials around you in your group? Real quick. <laughs> I was asleep when this happened. Okay, good. Like- <laughs> that was probably the best way to take it. I was asleep. Instant reaction amongst millennials. Yeah. If you look at like stats on millennials and who they voted for, it was overwhelmingly Hillary. So obviously you would say you could say that the millennials are pretty upset. My instant reaction, I didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah. Um, I was pretty surprised, but hey, you know, democracy, right? right? You know what? That, yeah. That's who we elected. That's not who they, we I'm not going to go with they like Imran over here. The show we Apprentice America picked the winner. Rugs, what were your initial reactions, and what's the reaction in the Felty community? Well, kind of like we think of Trump as like not a human being, yeah. so it's like uh, it's we, we kind of like. <laughs> he's him. one of you guys. He's one of you. <laughs> yeah, he's like plat- he's practically a Felty. I mean, he's he is an unreal character. His hair is floppy. He yeah yeah he's got googly eyes. He's got a hand yeah. up his ass. He's got a hand up his ass. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> the Felties are—they're okay. Look, I mean, uh, we—the way that I see it is that when you have George W. Bush as your president for like eight years, yeah. and uh, he steers the, the entire universe into a crash, and we 
figure out a way out of it. Well, anything that happens, we're going to be Miss fine. Miss the George W. Bush. Now, Malofsky, as an American living out there, you, you, we've now experiencing a Brexit hangover. What was your initial reaction, and what is the feeling out there in uh, the UK? It, it's been a long week. <laughs> it's been like everyone on Tuesday was just like – on Monday, actually, was like, so are you ready for the big day tomorrow? And I was like, oh, shit, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's been – it's been hard. The feeling over here is very similar to Brexit, although everyone sort of feels like they're distancing themselves from it over here. Yeah. Like where, you know, in when Brexit happened, it was like, oh, OK, but you know, at least America is going to be all right. And now it's sort of like, well, yep. Yep. It was like, you know, it was that uh, England was like, well, we really screwed up. And America was just like, wait, hold my drink. <laughs> yes. The old hold my drink. Look, I have so many thoughts. We will get into it in the post show. But. As far as my initial reaction, it can be best summed up in a series of sound clips. All right. Stay with me here, guys. Here we go. You maniacs! You blew it up! Oh, damn you! God damn you all to hell! Why are you putting people through this? So you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Gentlemen... This is Democracy Manifest. I think that speaks for itself. Let's get to the news. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. If you guys want to contact the show, send us hate mail, love mail, tweet at us, Facebook at us, send us a speak pipe. Just go to jockandnerd.com slash contact. But you'll also find a link to our Facebook group, which, David Malosky, you're very active in. I can't thank you enough. Thanks mm-hmm. to everyone for posting stuff. Uh, this I love pulling stuff for our new segments to talk about from there because I already know you guys are interested. So let's keep that going. I love it. We're going to start with a little bit of DCEU news. Just one thing. Suicide Squad's finally wrapped up its domestic run. We have a final tally. I think it's kind of interesting because it ended with about $325 million Domestically, which is just $5 million below where Batman versus Superman ended its run. Lame. Does that surprise anyone at all? Can you give me some context? Like, how did uh, Civil War do in, in that, in that, you know, like, is that good? I don't even know. Is that good? You're asking questions that Imran doesn't have answers immediately. <laughs> I know he doesn't have to Google it, Google it, like, Google it, Google it. All right, let me see. Hang on. <laughs> Uh, now, now I've got homework. The important thing is that for less of a budget, this thing almost made the same amount of money as BVS. Like, that's got to be sending some signal to Warner Brothers. They already don't know what the fuck they're doing. And they're like, hey, wait a minute. Why? This wasn't. So- well, it was a better movie than Batman versus Superman. It was more satisfying of a yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's it, true. I would, I would go with it that that's got to be, regardless of if it's a better movie, that's super surprising just because. Right? Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. No one can argue that those aren't three out of the top four IPs in all of superhero comics. Absolutely. Ruin Spider-Man, maybe. And Suicide Squad has, what, Harley Quinn's probably, or Joker's probably in there, but... Barely. Like maybe top 50, yeah. 20? Harley Quinn's maybe in the top 100? Well, that's changing fast. It's I mean, changing, she's but... Yeah, she's definitely shooting up. Yeah, but are you going to argue to me that Harley Quinn is more popular than Batman or Superman? Come on now. I wouldn't, but I might argue that she's po- more popular than Wonder Woman with the young girls at the moment. I guarantee you that more people dressed up as Harley Quinn than Superman. Oh, there was probably like hundreds <laughs> oh, yeah. of Harley Quinns over Halloween. Have, 
having been to two Comic Cons the last two weekends, I can guarantee. I would say the females don't have as many things to choose from. Fair enough. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah. Like they, they they instantly made Harley Quinn a superstar. Yeah. Like in the first weekend. Yeah. Or even when that when that first commercial came out. I don't know if any of you guys would go, man. Before Suicide Squad and Batman v Superman came out. Superman would only make five million more than Suicide right? Squad. Right, right. No, yeah. I don't. I don't think any of you guys would be like, "Yeah, that's going to happen." No, but the no. question there is: Is it because BVS underperformed, or is it because Suicide oh, yeah. Squad yeah. overperformed? Well, a little of both. Both, absolutely. It's both. A little bit yeah. of both. A little bit of both. So I don't know. They're having all sorts of problems. They can't find someone to direct Flash. We'll see what happens. But Wonder Woman looks good. But I don't think, like you said, I don't think a lot of girls are going to be dressing as Wonder Woman right away. Uh, so the movie's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe a lot of the, see the girls. I don't know. For some reason, I think they have more in common with Harley. Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, it's like, it's a cheap, you it's know, that. so, so I've been to two comic cons the last couple of weekends and it's a cheaper costume and it's an easier it's costume, an easier costume. And yeah. it's in, depending on how you do it, it's a slightly less revealing costume or it's a slightly more revealing costume. So I think it's, you know, I, I definitely saw a lot of Harleys and very few. Plus Wonder you can Woman. do a lot of different twists on the look to make it your own. Whereas Wonder Woman, you're going to kind of have to just look like Wonder Woman. Yeah. And it's, Let's be honest, it's a lot more fun to fucking paint your face and yeah. look crazy than it is to just be noble. Right? It's more fun to be a fucking crazy person for yeah, one day. Act out Do you your... think that the, I'm going to just throw something yeah. out there that's kind of weird. Do you think that Wonder Woman having an accent take, takes away from her appeal to the general American person? Ooh, that's, uh, that's a good point. It, it might do something like subconsciously, maybe? Well, we know that we're living in, you know, in this post- Trump yeah, time. so they're going to be like, oh, I think we need to there. deport Wonder Woman. What's going on with this? <laughs> Let me see well, her she, green She card. is from the Amazon, so she's not really an American yeah, hero. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, even, you know, it, like you said, though, in the cartoons, she always has kind of a regal. They used to they give her a British accent ever, or was it always like an American accent? She's always oh, been always American. American. Yeah. Yeah. Always been that New, that New York, that Joyzy accent. So, yeah, people from, uh, you know, Themyscira sound like they're from uh, Brooklyn. Something <laughs> from Newark. <laughs> <They're Yeah>. from <laughs> Newark. No, she had like a Midwestern. Accent. Yeah, I mean, but rugs. That's a good point. Uh, it may alienate her more than endear her to some people, unfortunately, which it shouldn't. But it makes more sense for the character. Ah, uh, we'll see. That, that's yeah. that movie should be pretty dope, though. I hope before, so. Before we move on, I've got the the top ten movies of the year in front of me. Okay, The Secret Life of Pets. Wow. Has earned 366 oh, million. Wow. So that's more than both of both yeah. BVS and Suicide Squad. So I think that gives you some uh some perspective on that. I saw that. That movie wasn't that great. It was just okay. That's weird. Yeah, it's also that's the number 5 movie of the year. Jungle Book, Zootopia, Finding Dory and Civil War all all earned even more than that. So I would I honestly I would have thought BVS would have been a lot higher on that list. It should have been. <laughs> Clearly should have been. But you know what happened with that movie. All right, let's move on to uh, Marvel news since we are going to be reviewing Doctor Strange. I got, there was a bunch of uh, crazy Spider-Man homecoming news, so I kind of – it's a Spider-Man homecoming news segment. Uh, Michael Giacchino, the guy who composed Doctor Strange, he's going to have a busy year in terms of movies. He's also He also stepped in to score Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and he is going to score Spider-Man homecoming. I don't know if that's good or bad. The, I, the music for Doctor Strange was okay. I don't know. 
Oh, shut up, Imran. I thought it was going to be more memorable. Yeah, you were hyping it up like this was going to be the one that uh, breaks the mold for Marvel. I did. I just, I, all I did, I recognized the theme from the end credits because we had talked about it on the show. But really, the rest of it, uh, I kind of, I don't really remember it. <laughs> I was listening to the soundtrack right before this, actually, yeah. and, and while I was doing my prep, and I have to say, it sounded like elevator. It was like background elevator That's music. That's what Anthony said. <laughs> so maybe, ooh, let's see what Giacchino can bring to. I mean, it's I not know. it's not going to detract from the film. It's yeah. just never, it's not going to add anything either. I just miss the days of your Superman themes and your Batman iconic themes. And I, no one's really done unless, that. Unless James Gunn is behind the film, you're not going to get that from Marvel films. No, but not even using, you know, existing songs like an original tune, an original yeah. oh, melody that you remember. Yeah, well, they're not doing that Danny Elfman shit. No, nobody does that. Nobody does that anymore. Yeah, it, not, it's not even a Marvel thing. It's a, yeah, it's no, a yeah, thing. yeah. That's just how they move on. Uh, also, I think. Yeah. I think it's because uh, honestly, it's because um, this is my theory. It, when you had the previous movies, they were in a self-contained world. They weren't crossing over, yeah. and it's hard to mix all these themes together with each ah, other. That's a good point. And, I find that it's really weird that they even gave Wonder Woman her own distinctive. Oh, there's a good example of that. Yes. You do hear that guitar. And now at the end of the trailer, it's starting to tie it together. But they only played at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Or in her. Yeah. And you're right. It didn't really fit in with the music for the rest of the no, film. It's, it sticks it out. It really stood out. Yeah. And that's like, the, I so, think, Junkie XL, uh, you know, instead of Hans Zimmer uh, influence. So they're making them deliberately bland so they can mix into each other and kind of give hints of these things. Now, is that uh, lazy? Mm. Yeah. I mean, you can get somebody like uh, a really good person who knows how to mix stuff together and make it work, but or at least have flourishes in there uh, without it being too obvious. But yeah, it may creates well, more work. For but you're right, Ruggs. You would need one composer to oversee all of the MCU movies to be the guy who like can weave the themes in and out and make sure it all kind of matches that it's cohesive, but that's never going to happen. So was it, I, I linked a video in our community. I forgot what it's called, but the directors fall in love with the, the stand in music. The I, temp I don't, I don't, music. The yeah. Temp music. Yeah. yeah. So then they're like, we'll make it sound like this. I mean, I think at least Dr. Strange broke away a little bit from that, just a little bit, but they got a lot of work to do to make things memorable. Now, uh, Thor Ragnarok, I believe, is being scored by the, one of the guys from Devo. Uh, so that could be really fun. Already, this movie is going to be wacky, Taika Waititi, crazy sci-fi. Uh, that could be interesting pairing with the Thor Ragnarok. Hmm. Um, also, long rumored, we've talked about Michael Keaton maybe playing the Vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming. Never officially confirmed. Well, Kevin Feige kind of let it slip in a in recent interview with the Toronto Sun. He said, we've had a wish list, and most of them in the near term are coming together. Kate Blanchett is playing Hela in Thor Ragnarok. Michael Keaton's Vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming is something. And, of course, we're finally showcasing Josh Brolin's Thanos. Uh, we're looking forward to that very much. So, for all intents and purposes, confirming you know what we knew, Michael Keaton will play the Vulture. And then, via Reddit, we got a possible look at the Vulture suit. Like, n take this with a grain of salt. It could be anything. But it looks a lot like the concept artwork. Uh, listener, I'll put a link in the show notes so you can check it out. Jockinair.com slash 139. Basically, he's got like car. It's like cargo pants, a bomber jacket. There's a helmet. You don't see a face. You see 
wings with uh, little circular uh, helicarrier things. Uh, what do you guys think of design? David, let's start with you. What do you think of this, if this is actually it? I, I mean, it's okay. Yeah. It's nothing special. I th- honestly, I feel like they're just trying to go as far as they can from Birdman. Oh, that's a good and point. And it's just like they don't want to draw that comparison. So, like, that's why the... The, like the torso, the the jacket and the trousers look like that. I mean the wings, whatever. But I, I mean this is it's kind of boring. But I think that's the reason for it. Rugs, what do you think? I don't know. I don't see it. Where is it? It's in the show notes. Remember, click. I put the <laughs> link in the show notes. In the oh, that's it. There you go. Oh, he pasted it. There you go. Um. Okay. While he looks oh. at it, I'll, I'll react. Anthony, what um, do you think? The bomber jacket. So they're trying to kind of. Not do you kind of pay homage to the vulture look with his whatever the fuck he had around his neck? Yeah, the pu- yeah the puffy he had like a, a puffy call. white collar. Yes, yeah. Yes. So yeah, it's I mean like Malosky said, it's not the not the best, but I think it's like version one of his suit. Like if you uh, remember yeah, Iron yeah. Man, like Whiplash, that was like version one. He was in a mm. in a prison guard outfit. Like it'll evolve. He'll wear something a little closer to the comic book equivalent. He's not going to look like fucking Vulture from the comics, dude. Well, like, you know, Mal- looks yeah, ridiculous. it does. It, it, <laughs> you see that he's an old man in a white green jumpsuit. But Malofsky, your comment was interesting because the Birdman look in the movie is pretty much what the Vulture would look like. Like dead on. Yep. It's a good Vulture look, even with the makeup and the eyes. Like he's scary. Rugs, what is your thoughts on this? So we're just looking at this sketch here. We're yeah. talking about this sketch. Yes. Okay. Well, I don't know. I mean... They should have at least made the cargo pants and the jacket like the same color and maybe even had the helmet look a little bit more of a distinct color. But I don't I don't hate it. It's I mean, it looks cooler than fucking Adrian Toomes walking around in a skin tight striped (laughs) outfit with a fucking fluffy neck. Like in the books, like that's a little bit too on the nose. It only works in the it's not going to work in the uh, in the real world. I like the creative solution to the puffy the neck puffy with neck. the bomber jacket. Yeah. And that's actually a stroke of genius. I think in design design wise. Um, but yeah, I think they should all be uh, one continuous color. I guess you need a helmet. Otherwise you get lots of bugs in your teeth flying around. You don't want that. That's a distracting. Well, you well, you also could hide your identity. Yes. Yeah. I mean, but I agree. It's okay. It's a little generic. Hopefully it's just an evolution. It, it's of probably the version one. Yeah. Uh, here's something that, uh, almost kind of angered me about this movie where now I'm really on the fence about this movie. Uh, You're and, never on the no, fence. No, but listen, I may be because <laughs> this article is titled Why Spider-Man Won't Actually Punch Villains in Homecoming. And it's from Cinema Blend. So it's regarding uh, uh, Tom Holland has made some comments. Uh, I think it was uh, THR. So he's explained that he won't, Peter Parker won't throw a single punch during the events of Spider-Man Homecoming. He says every decision we make on set is based off how would a kid react in this situation. So every fight scene we have designed in a way that's almost child friendly. He never actually punches anyone. It's all done kind of by accident. I think the biggest difference is his youth and innocence. So just reading that right away, I was like, oh, this is, this is going to be a kiddie movie. Why is he not punching someone? But it kind of makes sense in in the sense that he is should be using theatrics. He should be jumping around and shooting webs. And I guess a young kid wouldn't. I think they're overthinking it. I think so, too. I think you got to throw a yeah. couple of punches. It's just instinct. It, 
This is like really like, oh my God, I hate this. <laughs> I mean, really? Are you serious? Right. Like, I mean, we grew up with Power Rangers beating the fuck out of each they other all, all the they time. They were all teenagers. Oh, Thundercats, G.I. Joe shooting at each other, even with lasers, though. But there was like real stakes and there was a, there was a we're, we're like denying any kind of reality to, to, to kids. And this is why we have <laughs> the problems that we have. Oh, I my mean, God. I don't know. I think it's it could be all right. Like I don't I don't actually remember if he threw any punches in Civil War. I was gonna I was just gonna make that point. I don't is, think he um, did. I don't think he threw yeah. a single punch in Civil yeah. War, yeah. and it actually ended up being an awesome action sequence. Yeah. And you remember the uh, the Fox show where he wasn't allowed to throw punches? Oh, the oh. animated first animated show in the nineties. That, that's right. In the cartoon, they didn't have him do that. I do I and do like, think they're overthinking it. I think they should let him throw yeah. punches, but they've been able to get away with him not throwing punches before. That's that, that was sort of my point. That like you know he has more in his arsenal than just his fists. So let him use the webs. Let him you know do something else and maybe it's not necessarily a punch to the face he's, but yeah he's more than just a punchy punchy guy but he is like but in reality wouldn't spider-man punch yes, people spider-man is really he's like one of the strongest heroes in the marvel universe i mean he has, wait, we're fucking gotta be kidding he has, me he has no the people don't have no idea how strong he is i'd love you gotta do something like he punches someone maybe a little too hard and then he realizes that whoa i'm you know i'm stronger than i think but I, I, uh, like you have Batman who makes a conscious decision not to use guns. Okay. Right. But he uses everything else that's possible. Now he has everything, but a gun that shoots bullets. He has all kinds of other stuff that fire stuff and this and that or whatever. And then in the, even in the movies, they have the Batmobile shooting fucking sometimes shit. Sometimes he uses guns though. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes he does. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to do a mandate like that, it's like uh. you're, I understand you could be more creative and do something, but I mean, if you're just going to just look at it in reality, since like, if you, if you were a guy that was fighting crime every once in a while, you're going to have to punch someone's lights out. Like you're just going to have to. All right. So maybe he can't punch, but my question is, can he kick? Oh, that's better. I'm sure he'll be kicking the shit out of everybody. He did kick and he did kick Ant-Man in the Civil War. Yeah. He was knocking people down and uh, he was was swinging into people and kicking them. Yeah. Which is effective. What's the fucking difference? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. It, That's such dumb semantics. It oh really is. God. I think they're overthinking it. Well, look, the last thing is we're going to have uh, the Tom Holland Spider-Man for a while. Also in that interview, he uh, revealed that he's been contracted for three solo Spider-Man movies and three Marvel movies. So oh, six wonder. movies. So that's the most anybody's played Spider-Man so far. Civil War is one of the three Marvel movies. I got to imagine he's going to show up in Avengers Infinity War. Uh, what about that third one? Where do you guys think uh, would be fun to see Spider-Man? And I think it would be fun in another in another character's movie. It'd be fun, but don't forget there's two Avengers Infinity Wars. That's true. Does he have to be in both of them? I don't want him to waste that last one on the other Avengers. Like maybe the Doctor Strange sequel because they're kind of like buddies hey, in the hey, comics. If if it works out, he Robert Downey Jr. had a four picture contract. Yeah. To start. Uh, he's been in like seven films. They'll now. extend it. Yeah, they'll yeah. extend it. If 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 he does well, they'll give him a shit ton of money, and that kid ain't gonna That's say no. Point. But man, we got also. Yeah. Is that the most? Because didn't uh, Samuel Jackson have a nine picture deal? Well, I mean, in terms of someone playing Spider Man, was the most. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant in the that, Marvel no. movie. And then yeah, I mean, and then you got you know Logan uh, Hugh Jackman playing nine times, so <laughs> you can't break break that yeah. guy's record. Uh, but. Uh, you know, we had Toby for three movies, and this is now you're going to see Holland in six different movies as Spider-Man. 
So this is our Spider-Man as much as Batfleck is going to be our Batman for the next foreseeable future. All right, next uh, next bit revolves around the X-Men franchise and how Fox doesn't know what the fuck to do with these X-Men. Word has come out that they are eyeing another whole reboot sans the Brian Singer. They've already pushed Deadpool 3 news out. They want to, they want to, they're greenlighting that. What do you guys think? And then even trying to get James McAvoy, Jennifer Lawrence, Michael Fassbender, and Nicholas Holt, even though they've fulfilled their three-picture contract, trying to work them back in. Simon Kinberg is overseeing this direction of the new rebooted X franchise as writer and producer. Brian Singer will no longer be involved. They've got new mutants with Josh Boone. Deadpool 3 has been greenlit. What do you guys think of the Brian Singer thing? I'm actually, I think I'm okay with it. I think his well of X-Men shit is run dry. I think we've seen that era. Yeah. It was good for its time. You need to break people in to this kind of uh, genre where people have powers. And he did a really great job using that reality and kind of toning everything down. But now we're in a different uh, era. Yes. We're, in a, we're in an era where people now expect things to be bigger and more flamboyant and mm -hmm. even more crazy yep. and bombastic. Yep. So we can have more fun with it. Uh, I don't think we should lose that kind of reality that's there and that kind of uh, – the social aspect yeah. of it, the social, you know, meaning of it. But I think that we're ready for a little bit more of a colorful. I want to see Wolverine in his fucking yellow and, uh, and blues, you know? Absolutely. I mean, I think that, uh, it'll be, it'll be good to see something that focuses on new characters. If nothing else, like I, I like the article said that they want, um, Holt and Lawrence and Fassbender all back. coming back. I don't think, yeah, I think that would be a mistake because you have this opportunity to reboot the universe do that let's focus on some other characters let's not keep focusing on mystique charles beast and magneto the whole time like there's other x-men that are more interesting i i just hope that whatever they do in the next few years that they don't keep making more wolverine movies because we've seen 25 of them yeah. and i don't need any more so let's see more x-men that's not wolverine anthony should they go the deadpool more deadpool new mutants X-Force, the Gambit movie is going to go back into active development. Here's a bunch of characters we have not seen yet on the screen. Is this going to help? Um, Yeah, it would help. I think they should also, like Malofsky said, they should focus on some of the X-Men that are still haven't been focused on. Yeah. Um, I'm tired of the Wolverine, Magneto, yeah, more Professor than X, Mystique yeah. show. Yeah. I mean, shit, man. Cyclops is the leader of the X-Men, and he's been fucking had his balls cut off and made a square every single time. Yeah. Almost like cartoon. <laughs> every single goddamn yeah. time. Yeah. And Cyclops, if you actually like read the comics is a fucking interesting leader. He's a great leader. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's no, so, I mean, they have X-Men that they, they've just cut the balls off of repeatedly um, or the vagina off of cool. or they grabbed him by the vagina. <laughs> um, but, mutant. Are we talking about mutant vaginas now? That's great. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they, I mean, they, They've, there's a ton of X-Men that they can focus on. And like Singer's whole tone and it, like Rugboy said, it was good. You know, it, it brought uh, mainstream comics to, to light in, in the 2000s. And he had his run. And, and Days of Future Past was good. Yeah. Apocalypse was not good. No. Um, but his tone has always been kind of this super serious X-Men sort of tone. And I don't know. X-Men can be fun. They can be like weird family dynamics. Yeah. They can be a lot. They can be crazy adventures in space. There's a lot of different um, ways they can take this rather than just this serious, oh, new mutants are an allegory for uh, 
you know, suppressed individuals in the U.S. Like it can be much more than that. It can be a lot more. Yeah, especially if they want to keep competing with Marvel, whether they, you know, join them or not, because there's rumors about that. But if they want to keep competing with them, going into like, you know, like space, like you said, or like just yes. taking it off in new directions, Get wacky. that's going to be the way to do it. Look, you got to credit, you know, in 2000, this is what was needed to start people getting into superhero movies. You got to credit Singer for giving us the longest running superhero franchise we've seen uh, to date. And now Marvel is quickly going to probably surpass that. But I'm all for a clean slate, man. This is a different world. We the audiences want lots more color. What yeah, what's funny about that 2000 film is they make that joke, you know, what do you expect? Yeah. Yellow and blue splant- and that's, spandex. Yes. And that's And then at the time you were like you laughed at that yeah. cuz you were like no way we're going to ever see yellow and blue spandex. Like the leather was in and like just think how dated leather is yeah. now. Yeah. And now now they were all like we want to see the colorful now costumes. Like, we want to see the blue. But just standards. 16 years ago, they made a joke about how that would have looked ridiculous. And I screen. think you, that's because of Marvel's awesome costume design and how you know they made, they've made it work and made it colorful. Well, it, I also think that just like fashion, okay, um, something has to start it, yeah. Okay, yeah. and oh, and uh, and it has to make sense. So. What happened was you have like these superhero movies, like Superman from 1978. Yep. And the Batmans, and they're like, no one would wear that yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. Like, who's going to fight crime wearing a fucking leotard? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That's like shit that's from the circus, you right, know? Right. And it, it got translated. But when they had these tactical leather suits, yeah. and then they're going off from there. Now they're stripping it down and, and kind of, okay, we're taking a leather suit, but we're still making it it's tactical. Combining and it. Kind yes. Of, yeah, and, and we're making it practical. We're not going the opposite route. Now, if we start going back to the, the spandex and shit like that, that's going to be weird. You always have to keep it um make form follow function mm-hmm. and and the fashion like some people might say okay we're tired of seeing black leather suits just like in fashion we're tired of seeing these jeans so we have to do something to the jeans let's rip them up let's do something to it let's add different pockets you know so oh. it, that's what's happening but it's all coming from a utilitarian I hate that you can thing. buy jeans that are already ripped and that's fucking so stupid and those jeans are more expensive than the ones without holes what the, that's because people get bored of this looking at the, the same shit. shit is going on though. Really? Right. Really? I saw the girl the other day. Her, I swear to God, like half of her thigh on her jeans was just completely gone. And she bought it like that. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. It, you could, it was like sewn. So you could tell that she bought it like that. So was the thigh worth looking at? Was it? Uh, oh, well, it was. So <laughs> I mean, all right. That's, uh, that's all that matters. You could just buy a pre-made Harley Quinn costume with rips and holes and everything. But can you think about how ridiculous, like, Wearing an all leather costume would be if you were if you're actually in combat like that's you, it, those that's costumes you'd, you'd be sweating your balls off in that <laughs> fucking thing too. I'm like you're not but riding. At, a, but at that time you were like yes, yes. I, I guess this is the only way to do it. Take it. They're taking it seriously. Like you can see in Daredevil where he starts out in this kind of like yoga pants, right? And or whatever he's wearing. I love the black suit. And then, he, and then he slowly kind of starts putting more and more armor on, but he's still getting his ass kicked. Yeah. So he needs to like well, do something more, even though he knows it's going to sacrifice some mobility. But I love that they, how they, they are like, let's make this lighter. Can you make this thinner? Like they dealt with that, you know, in that world. Well, even world Marvin, Ma- modern Marvel had that happen where they, they did cap and he was wearing the all leather, like kind of yeah. leathery, like armor costume in world war in the kept in first Avenger. And then they went full comic in Avengers, and they were like, "Wait, this looks absolutely." <laughs> it is, and now they and now they scaled it back. Yeah, I mean, if you compare his costume in the Avengers to like the later movies, it looks like a Halloween costume a little right. bit now. Right. We just figured out how to make good costumes. Yes. That's the problem. Yes. Like, I yes. think 
one of the harbingers of it was 1989 Batman, where they did a rubber suit and it was like, okay, that's getting there. <laughs> it's not there, but it's getting there. But then Watchmen comes out and those suits were, were like Batman to the nth degree. They were like really well thought yeah. out and really well designed. And then now you got Zack Snyder, whose costumes always look fucking amazing. And actually, that's the only thing that Zack Snyder's but doing. But Watchmen really well. was also meant to be like, what would it look like in real life anyway? So they were just, you know, it was already set in the in the source material. Absolutely. This is a little bit, you know what? It's also really interesting regarding Spider-Man. I just did, I was on another podcast last night with the Mighty Marvel Geeks. And these guys are really into theme parks and uh, Universal and Disney. And I did not think about the rights even though Disney owns Marvel, owns all the rights to Marvel, they don't own the rights to certain characters to build a theme park at Disney. A lot of that is owned by Universal. So that also includes the rights to what the costume looks like, which explains why even Marvel can't give me what I want, which is just do the Spider-Man costume like it is in the comic book. The, the, the limitation they have is the rights to that are at the Universal theme park of Spider-Man. The Spider-Man oh. one is pretty hard to screw up. It is, but they can't do it. They have to make it different. They have to design all this shit different. They can't use the vanilla costumes because those those rights belong with Universal for the theme parks. Like, I didn't even think about theme park licensing and rights. It's a whole other thing. Hey, man, whenever they can get you by the malls. Right, so, and, yeah, and both sides are looking for a loophole because Disney wants to put their own Marvel. They can't make any Marvel rides at Disney, and they have all the space. And uh, Universal has to keep making shitty Marvel rides to hold on to the rights. Both sides are kind of looking for a loophole. <laughs> To uh, to figure this out. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, just because it didn't occur to me. Okay, last thing in movies for you monster fans out there. We got a pretty cool image of King Kong from Kong Skull Island. Being yep. di- directed by Jordan Voight Roberts. Uh, he Did you read the article, Imran? Uh, I, di- I, di- I looked at the picture. Why don't you fill us in on the article? I read the article as well. Uh, okay, yeah. Well, basically, the guy who making this movie has all of these like uh, aesthetic reasons for trying to kind of update Kong and make him uh, different from the, the uh, Peter Jackson, Peter Jackson. Uh, Thank you. Whereas where if you look at the original 1933 Kong, he's not a silverback gorilla. He's kind of like this new kind of thing. And, and it stands upright and is more like a, a amalgam of all different kinds of apes. Um, And I, they're, they're sticking to that. So, it, it, there is a structural integrity that's like the original, um, you know, thing made by Ray, Ray Harryhausen, the uh, the the original ma- maquette puppet the thing, the whatever puppet. it was. I, re- I don't want to say the word puppet. But, well, no. you can say it. You can say it. <laughs> Nobody else can say it. Like, oh, Kong, <laughs> what's up, my puppet? He's not an armature. He's not a felty. You know. I like a lot of what director uh, Voight Roberts is saying in this article. He says a big part of our Kong was I wanted to make it something that gave the impression that he was a lonely god. He was a morose figure lumbering around this island and an iconic shape. Uh, Anthony, what do you think of the look of this? If you compare this look, they did a, a side-by-side on Birth Movie's death. Yeah. In the comments that Jordan Voight Roberts actually put on his Twitter. Oh, wow. Of this, of this Kong and the 1933 Kong, it's very similar. That's cool. He's got, he's got the, he doesn't have a huge forehead. He's got the big eyebrows, like the bulging eyebrows the nose is very like every it's very very similar nice i like it i mean i didn't mind the peter jackson king kong design yeah. i didn't mind that it was a real like kind of ape yeah but this one I, I like that that this one's a little different and more of an homage to 1933 i also like that 
this doesn't sound like it's going to be like a Beauty and the Beast story. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Every fucking It's always time. Kong falls in love with a tiny blonde girl. What does he see in the tiny blonde girl? I don't get it. Right. It's like the white woman t- tames. Oh the my god! Age. Yes. Like fucking that, dude. Like that's that's an old old trope. Um. So I like this. I I'm excited. I'm I'm a, I'm I'm you know I'm a big Godzilla fan. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited about this whole fucking shared universe shit. Uh, so speaking of that, I also love what he says regarding Godzilla. He's like, we're also fundamentally not playing the same game. A huge shot at that Garth Edwards Godzilla <laughs> did, and most monster movies do. Which I'm sort of sick of the notion that a monster movie needs to wait an hour and forty minutes until the creature shows up. Amen to that. Kong traditionally does not show up in these movies until very very late, and a monster traditionally does not show up until very very late in a monster movie. So a lot of these movies tend to have the structure that's a bit of a slow burn. Something about this movie made me want to reject that and play a very, very different game. Malofsky, what are your thoughts on this? I, I don't have many thoughts. I don't, I've never seen a not King a big, Kong movie. Really? I'm not big on the big monsters. I, yeah. I think it looks like a monkey. It's, good. it's not a monkey. It's an ape. <laughs> I, got, different. I got yelled at already but last time. That was, that was by me. Monkeys yes. and apes are yes. not the same. No, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the shared universe. It looks like this guy is definitely... Uh, bringing the heat with all everybody's complaints of the you know. Console. Let me comment though on that on that comment he yeah, made. Yeah, I I I am excited for it, and I'm like a little cautious because ah. um, I'm excited because I want to see a new way of of introducing a monster movie and like having it not be held off towards the end because that is like kind of the traditional way. Yeah. to do it. But the reason that's a traditional way of doing it is because it works. Yeah. Um, once you introduce the monster early on. It's hard to build steam off of that. Oh, it's very interesting. It, you know, like once you introduce the monster, that movie kicks into fucking high gear. You got to keep going and going yeah, and you going. Keep going and going. But, I, but it, I I'm excited to see a different way of doing it too. I don't necessarily believe that because Pacific Rim did it the whole movie. It was like monsters beginning, monsters at the end. The they use the same Jaeger to like they didn't really upgrade it or really do anything crazy to the. I mean, they give him a sword, but like other than that. It's how you make the movie. It's like just saying, like, if you have Spider-Man and only the end of the movie, it's good. Like, you got Spider-Man throughout the whole movie and it's still good. But it's how you do it. it. And I think that people are not that creative when it comes to monster movies. I mean, look at Jurassic Park. You know, they they have the dinosaurs for you right there from the start. Yeah, that's a good example. Yeah, but they don't introduce the T-Rex till till the big yeah, the reveal in the, the, end, in the middle. Yeah. And then that you always keep something. Here. They always have to you have, you have to keep something in the tank, something hidden that you're going to reveal. But what it is 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 depending on how the movie's written and what the story is. I'm, I'm going to disagree with myself in this next comment. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> the 1933 Kong actually yeah. introduces Kong like in the middle. Oh. And I don't know if you remember, but there's three Kong monster fights in that movie. Oh, wow. Plus, plus the Empire State Building. Well, I mean... That movie is actually pretty rewatchable. This is like, you know, this is kind of almost before a formula where they're figuring out the formula in the 30s. I'm excited to see someone do it different. Yeah. See someone try to do it a little different than the way it's done in the past. You got to kind of like, and I think this really connects to Dr. Strange also is formula works before a reason. And you got to kind of play in and out of the formula structure to keep it fresh. Like ideally, if you can put the, the best of both worlds together, then you have succeeded. But that's I think the hard. way to do it is you got to have the monster have some sort of personality. Ah, 
and the, which is which it sounds like they're going to try to do. like if it's just alien right like an alien like if it's the monster just killing people over and over and over then the monster really has no personality you need to see like little character quirks and behavior well, yeah, yeah. things like, to connect to even like in Godzilla like you you could see like in his eyes in that movie like he kind of was indifferent to humans and he was like angry at times and he was like kind of tired yeah like just little things like yeah. that some emotion. Yeah. All right. No, I'm excited for the shared universe. Uh, uh, I think it's going to be solid. All right. Let's move on to TV. Big news on the DC side. Ladies and gentlemen, we didn't think it was going to happen, but Young Justice Season 3 is happening. Oh, shit. <laughs> the- yeah. And Malofsky's really excited after the whole. Everyone, Anthony, this was I our think, favorite show. I think show. Malofsky nutted all over himself. Oh, my God. Oh, had, my God. Why did you have a geek boner when that happened? I had a nerdgasm when uh, that happened. Terrific. Uh, uh, Clean yourself up there. So, the storyline being we had two seasons of this awesome show, it got canceled. Uh, then Malofsky, you you get hooked up with Greg Wiseman. You guys interview him. Thanks to you, we got to interview Greg uh, Greg Wiseman, who produced Young Justice and Gargoyles and a bunch of other things. You can check that out, episode 46 of the Jock and Nerd podcast. And we start to hear about Binge Young Justice uh, Netflix campaign. And Greg Wiseman is uh, suggesting people watch this over and over again to show that there's interest and it only took about a year and it worked. David, I'm going to let you take it first. What are your, what are your feelings on it? I, I am so happy about this. The, I mean, season two ends on a pretty nice cliffhanger that, yeah. that like it, you could tell that they had so many plans for season three and like having talked to Greg, he knows what they're, they want to do. And it's just like, clearly from uh, some of the other articles I've read, they've, this has actually been going on for a few months. So they've, They've definitely been developing it for a while, but the 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 thing that I'm most interested is in is that they haven't revealed how it's going to be released. They haven't said whether it's going to be on Cartoon Network again, oh. whether it's coming straight to Netflix, oh. or what. And so I think that's going to be a really interesting aspect of it. Uh, but uh, yeah. honestly, I'm just happy to see the characters again. I don't even care how they come back. I just want them back. Anthony, uh, this is one of the, like the well most well written character animated shows that's been out there. A fan favorite. Uh, what do you think about this? And what do you think they should do it all on Netflix instead of Cartoon Network? I'm obviously very happy about this. I love Young Justice as well. I thought it was one of the most thoughtful, well written shows. The dialogue was great. Acting was great. I liked that it was characters that don't necessarily get the spotlight. And it left, like Malofsky said, I mean, we were fucking going to see Darkseed, yeah. Darkside, whatever oh, the, fuck, yeah. the fuck you say it. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would, you know, I, I'm done with, I mean, why put this on Cartoon Network? The show was, yes. the reason it was taken off of Cartoon Network was because they wanted to cater more towards kids. and it's not, not going to sell this. toys this yeah. time yeah. around. If that's your, your, your mark, then. They should stop worrying about toys. I know. Yeah, yeah. Start worrying about, let's set up a new tentpole. Right. Let's set up a new thing that's going to have a. Uh, a fan base that they could actually parlay into a franchise. I think, Let's put this on a platform that appreciates it. And I yeah, think that's, they put it on Netflix. I think it, there's even a chance of a season four if they put it on Netflix. They could have a whole new life on Netflix. They could have many seasons. Like this. it doesn't necessarily need to be Netflix. It just needs to be on on something that will appreciate for what it is and respects the show. It could be Hulu. It could be it could be fucking anything. I, I don't care. Just put it, it on all, all AT and T phones. Yeah. <laughs> 
It could be a, a f- fucking rug well, boy's asshole. AT&T I don't care where you're projecting. AT&T so. has to buy rug boy's asshole like they bought Time Warner <laughs> so they can send them the, the stream there. Rugs, you, uh, what do you think about, you like Young Justice, right? What do you, what are your thoughts on me? I like him young. <laughs> oh, shit. God, I like. Um, I, I love the show. It's great. I think that, listen, they, uh, they're, they're blundering with their, uh, their Trinity yeah. and their A-list shit. Yeah. And all of these sidekicks and stuff seem to have a following and people actually like little kids watch that freaking, uh, that teen Titans, that garbage. That yeah, but the, it's very popular. <laughs> it's very popular. So they're trying to transition some of these kids as they get older to a new tentpole. And now they could probably do it. Um, I don't know. DC television is one of probably one of its strongest things they got. I'm glad going it's right back. Now. I love the show. I'm going to watch the shit out yeah. of it. So, yeah. And I got to go back and rewatch all the other stuff to remember what the fuck happened. <laughs> Uh, I just told you. Oh, that's true. We're looking for Dark Side. Thanks for saving me uh, several hours. Uh, yeah. uh, let's move on to Marvel. Some exciting Marvel news over at Netflix. Uh, Elodie Young confirmed returning as Elektra in the Defenders, along with everybody else, all the supporting cast. So she's not dead. She's not. Well, we knew she wasn't dead. They never. Nobody dies in these things. She's a series regular, though. We, we talked about this last time, dude. No, but uh, Elodie Young wasn't in the the names. Everybody uh, else uh, was. It wasn't officially confirmed. I, I just assumed she would be back. Right. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I did too. Yeah. But I'm like, uh, I'm liking uh, where this is going. And I still want to know who Sigourney Weaver is playing. Who is the villain? Well, there's rumors that it, the big group villain is going to be the hand. So maybe she'll be involved somewhere with oh. that. She'll be the thumb. She'll be the thumb. <laughs> She'll be the little pinky toe. <laughs> Could they? Uh, what if they made her like a mi- a mystical, magical villain to tie in some of the shit that's going on in like Doctor Strange and Agents of Shield and Iron Fist? That she's Hella, or or like the the who is it? The Lady Demon, Lady Queen. So there's some Lady Viper. I forget what it is, but it'd be interesting Maybe. to think if she's a supernatural villain. The thing about being a supernatural villain is that shit costs money. Oh, that's true. To produce. That's true. They already got all, all these fuckers in this one. To, and they got to pay for that. You know, you, if you wanted to go supernatural, I want to see, I want to see Dr. Strange. I don't want to see like low budget. I don't want to see arrow magic. I want to see Dr. Strange magic. Yeah. Magic. Yeah. And that's you know? going to cost a bit of money. Speaking of other characters. Wait, wait, wait. Have they, have yeah, they confirmed yeah. that she's definitely not going to be playing Zool then? Cause that's exactly oh, who oh, I thought she was going to be. Zool from Ghostbusters. So oh, boy. Oh shit. <laughs> Let's wow! Let's show this bitch how we do things downtown. That's my favorite <laughs> line. Uh, <laughs> yes, this man has no dick. Uh, speaking of other Marvel characters that may or may not graduate, uh, Shield's Gabriel Luna has done a couple interviews at ComicBook.com, pretty much saying that there is a path for this character to make it to Netflix. Oh shit! Uh, he says they that's been talked about. There's definitely deals in place for that potential. I just take it one day at a time. I have so much fun now. I think this is actually perfect. I kind of see, like, if you think about the Marvel shows as, like, school, it's like a school for MCU. Like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is, like, fucking preschool, kindergarten. And then the Netflix, you graduate to, like, grammar school, high school. And then those characters should graduate to the movies. Now, like, Doctor Strange ain't coming down to the Netflix. But I think Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has finally given us a character that can actually make it on the graduated next step of Netflix. Yeah, but then it'll be off Shield, and no one's going to watch that anymore. Well, right? then I mean, this may be the last season of Shield, anyways. 
Uh, Anthony, you haven't caught up on, uh, have you caught up on any S.H.I.E.L.D. yet? I didn't want to spoil it, but. You can spoil it. I haven't seen it. I've only seen two episodes. Dude, in the season six of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you see, they tease Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider on the bike. Oh, nice. This is how he gets his powers. So all these Ghost Riders exist. I think it'd be great to see him on Netflix, though, because once you start opening that more of that supernatural stuff up on Netflix, you could get Blade in there. You could get yeah. some more like the darker characters up on the Netflix stuff and just keep going from there. He, I don't think he should have his own show. I think he should just pop in on Netflix. That, that could work. He also uh, mentioned the Midnight Suns uh, run, which was like a crazy team you could do with like Doctor Strange, Punisher, Blade, Morbius. Uh, Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Yeah, Morbius would be uh, crazy. Moon Knight is the guy that I really want to see on Netflix. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that would be a good one. Cause that's, Just cause, and I don't know much about Moon Knight, yeah. but what I know seems real fucking interesting. And it is like, it's kind of mystical, uh, mystic stuff, but kind of grounded too in terms of like schizophrenia. I, I, I just like the schizophrenia. Yeah, aspect. yeah, yeah. But there's like Egyptian gods, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, like, in he he's an Egyptian god. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty dope. But then, dude, put them all together, get Blade on there, put Ghost Rider in there. They got the possibilities are limitless. So that's exciting. Hopefully that happens. That's it for the news, everybody. After these messages, we'll be right back. Pardon the interruption. I have some news which I believe you will find most interesting. Would you like to hear the latest in Marvel television, film, video games, and comic books? Are you looking for some ideas on what to pick up on New Comic Book Day? Well, join Mike and Eric on Mighty Marvel Geeks every Saturday night on Sorcerer Radio and every Sunday on the Weeby Geeks Network for all things Marvel. There is a matter that requires your attention. Mighty Marvel Geeks. Assemble. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Hey, my name is Paul, and I am not an animal expert. Hey, my name is Paul, too, and I'm also not an animal expert. And together, we do a podcast about animals called Varmints. Yeah, each week we pick an animal, do a bunch of research on it, and bring you some interesting facts about that animal. But we don't stop there. We talk about that animal in movies, TV, and other pop culture. And we talk about whether or not that animal would make a tasty dish, and how intelligent we think that animal would be on a scale of 1 to 10. It's exactly like one of those fancy PBS nature documentaries. But completely different in every way. New episodes go live every Thursday on BlazingCaribouStudios.com. Come listen to the Varmints Podcast and become an animal expert today. The Jock and Ned Podcast. All right, listener, this is a part of the show where we like to uh, talk about the fan club we have over at jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. But since we got David Miloski here as a guest, he's a friend of the show. He's a listener. He is also... A supporter, a fan club member, David, and we thank you so much for that, first of all. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, I, I love being on the Patreon. Give me a, a, a testimonial. What is it like right. on our uh, to join the fan club at jockanair.com slash Patreon? Big a waste of money, waste of money ever. <laughs> uh, that's, not, that's not what I wanted to be listener to hear. <laughs> I have to say, ever since you added in the uh, the new RSS feed for the podcast, it's just like having like an extra Jock and Nerd podcast in my pocket. That's I awesome. that. It's like having like, you know, little bite-sized episodes every few days because I'm the kind of person, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners are, who listens to a shit ton of podcasts. And when I run out of them, I just have to wait until like, you know, Monday or Tuesday until I have a new one. This way, you get like a little, you know, little thing to tide you over when you're, uh, when you need it. 
That's great. Ah, oh, that's great to hear. So, listener, what he's talking about is you support us. It's as low as a dollar a month, and it helps us cover the costs. You get an RSS uh, link that you can put in any podcast app, and you have a little exclusive Jock and Nerd fan club exclusive feed where we post our instant reactions. We post full shows, post shows with people, little tidbits here and there, stuff we record in the middle that I cut out that's usually funny. I'll throw it up on there, experimental weird things maybe. Of where I'm like on acid and I'm recording a podcast and <laughs> sometimes that'll go up. Maybe if I remember if the, the recorder doesn't melt. Did that actually happened. No, it didn't. <laughs> there was one time where he sent me some audio and he goes, uh, <laughs> I just want to make sure this is good because I'm sending, so I'm going to send it to you right now. I'm really stoned. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those things where like, uh, this may be a good idea, but I need to think about it uh, tomorrow after I need it. Yeah. I need sober ears. to I need listen sober to this. ears. And it was it was a good idea. It wasn't a mind blowing idea. It was just an idea. You thought it was the most mind blowing <laughs> yes. shit ever. And speaking of mind blowing shit, we're gonna get into our Doctor Strange review. I got a little piece of audio to get us in the mood. You think you know how the world works? You think that this material universe is all there is? But what if I told you the reality you know is one of many? This doesn't make any sense. Not everything has to, Doctor Strange. Not everything has to. And if you're a first-time listener, we're always full spoiler here. So I'm going to give you this. Let's spoil some shit, Batman. All right. All the disclaimers <laughs> out of the way. Uh, we are now going to review Marvel's latest entry into the MCU, the 14th movie. The second in Phase 3, Doctor Strange. Uh, created the character initially created by artist and character conceptualist Steve Ditko, the reclusive Steve Ditko, way back in 1963. And what's funny is this man's creation has a movie, and you can't even get him for an interview to talk about what he thinks about that movie. He ain't talking to anybody. Fuck everyone. Ditko has the right idea, I think, after last Tuesday. Now Uh, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Ah. this, uh, let's start where we usually do with these things, with a couple of numbers. Box office numbers. The movie opened up 85 million domestic opening weekend. Uh, and currently, worldwide, it's about 339. Higher, actually. Oh, shit. It's right 365 there. now yeah. as of November 11th. Not too shabby uh, for this movie. And it did good in the global box office. No surprise. As it did well in China which all movies need to do these days to be considered somewhat of a success. 90% Rotten Tomato score, 72% Metacritic score. Metacritic a little more, a little more discerning, I guess. Uh, but look, guys, let's start with, let's do it this way. I want to know, what is your relationship to the character, Doctor Strange? And then give us your overall opening thoughts on the movie. David, you're the guest. How about we start with you? Okay, I've I've never really read much Doctor Strange comics. Um, maybe one or two. Um, most of my knowledge of the character comes from his appearances in the um, '90s uh, Spider-Man show, and also the the animated movie that came out like four or five years back. Okay, um, yeah. But I kind of liked that because there's very few comic characters that I go into a movie and I don't know a lot about. So this was a really fun experience for me, just to go in and like actually be learning about a superhero character for the first time in like scratch yeah you know, 10 years um yeah I, I loved the movie i saw it twice um within a week 
Uh, I think I saw it twice before it even came out in the States. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. Pretty good. Rugs, uh, what are your opening thoughts and what's your, uh, what do you know about The Strange? Well, I used to read Spider-Man back in the 80s yep. and he was in it constantly. Um, and, you know, Daredevil, he's around with that and the Avengers, he's in there. So I know him as an ancillary character that is a supporting role in most of the comic books. And they usually, you know, it's Marvel. They keep things tight over there. Yep. So uh, you do get a very good idea about Doctor Strange and what he can do. Um, I never liked this. Is, this is just my problem. I never liked anybody with a mustache. When I was a kid. <laughs> Did somebody touch right. you? Or if they had gray hair some, on the side. You, so I hated you were on the right path, buddy. <laughs> and, you still can't trust people with either of those. Yes, qualities. that's a good point. Yeah. Still. <laughs> so I just something about when you're growing up, I think that when you're growing up in a Catholic environment and you see like the image of the devil has like a mustache yes. and a goatee, you just anything that has that you automatically are like, I don't like him. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so um, I think that's what it is. I can't really explain trying to just I can't really do it. But so I never liked Dr. Strange. But as I got older and I was like, OK, now I have a mustache and I have fucking facial hair. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I can start to appreciate him. I've and then when I got the gray hair on my balls, yeah, I really it's over. It's all over. No, so like, no, um, so I, I couldn't. Uh, anyway, and I didn't like his outfit. Like he had like leotard, he had leotard leggings on. Yeah. And he was like, you know, I was like, this is a weird it thing. Very, and I remember that there was a Doctor Strange movie that came out in like 70, the 90s. Oh, no, too. in 78. There was like a real. Oh, there was, there was, no, there was also like oh, a, like one. a really low budget Doctor Strange that came out. And I, I saw that. I'm like, this is stupid. It was like, terrible. <laughs> A hard character, Anthony. Uh, what 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 have you got? What do we get? Rugboy's thought on the movie? Oh no, we no, we didn't. He just, he just wanted, get he just to get to the movie then. <laughs> uh, the movie was okay. There you go. You can move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I didn't have much of a relationship with Doctor Strange. Uh, the only relationship I had with him was through the recent run by Hickman on uh, new Avengers, the Illuminati. Yes. Um, and I like Dr. Strange from there. It, he always seemed, you know, the Illuminati's him and Mr. Fantastic and Iron Man and so on and so forth. All these super powerful people that have a ton of influence and everyone would speak logically and he would be speaking in like just a different way. Like everyone would be speaking English and he'd be speaking like Chinese. Like it's just like, <laughs> Not and not literally, but just he's speaking in a different way. He's speaking about things from a different perspective, which is something that like was kind of interesting to yeah. me. I've never really been into magic. Yeah, like I I don't like Harry Potter at all. Yeah. So like the magic aspect has never been really appealing to me. Um, his costume as a kid was like that's that's not cool at all. As an adult, I do like kind of like the pop collar look. I think that's very regal. So. My relationship with him is I don't know that much about him, but I find him interesting as I got older. As far as the movie, I've seen it twice. The first time I did, the only reason I saw it twice is the first time I fell asleep midway through. No fault um, of the movie, I hope. No fault of the movie. It was because I was legitimately tired from celebrating uh, Cubs victory gotcha. in the World Series. Yep, yep. Shout out to the 2016 Chicago Cubs. <laughs> that started. Um, that, that really started the end of the world. Once that happened, all bets were off. Anything well, and happen. I know they're all listening to yeah. this podcast. Of course they are. So I wanted to give them a shout out. What's up, Cubs? Um, yeah, what's up, Cubs? <laughs> yeah, that's how you, you would say that. Um, <laughs> yay, sports. Yay, sports. <laughs> hey, um, 
video games are going to take over. Though, they so will. You better, you, you better find a new line of work wait. according to Imran. I think that's Anyways, Donald Trump's uh, 100-day plan right there. This this movie was good. It was very it was very solid. Um, great visuals. Uh, on the Marvel spectrum, I'd have it like right in the middle. Or maybe it's a little bit above the middle of uh, 14 movies. Okay, yeah. I mean, uh, my, my relationship to the character is similar to Rugboy's. I I was introduced to him reading Spider-Man comic books. But even then, he was very weird. Like, I never understood a lot of what he was saying, a lot of the words and the spells. Very weird character. This is a character Steve Ditko almost purposely created to be impossible to translate to the big screen. However, Marvel pretty much nailed it. Like, this is about the per- as perfect of a Doctor Strange movie you could do without being way too heavy into the mythology, but staying trippy enough. Um, so overall, I love, I love the movie a uh, lots of, lots of good things, but I, I agree with rugs. There's something in me with, I could never completely connect with this character. Uh, and for that reason, I think I, 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 with Anthony, I'll put it somewhere in the middle, but what they accomplished with this to bring magic into the mainstream and to pull a Dr. Strange movie off, uh, that was almost perfectly done because that's it's a very hard concept and character to translate to the screen. Okay. Uh, let's, uh, where do you guys want to start? The cast? You want to talk about what you liked, what we didn't like? Yeah. yeah. I thought um, Cumberpatch fucking killed it. I thought he was very good. We have I always, cast, yeah. I think he did okay. I always wanted to see Johnny Depp in this role. Oh. That was my, my dream cast because he's eccentric and that's he's kind of like aloof. And he's cool. Like, like Benedict Cumberbatch is not cool. Like, he doesn't exude cool. You want, like, somebody who's in magic is, like, kind of have, like, a goth feeling or even something kind of more like, uh, yeah. like just a weird, like a weirdo. And uh, I always, and I think like maybe it's part of the trans. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of like a, <laughs> there's a transformation that he goes through that from being like this doctor to being this weird guy, which I, I understand. But, um, but now you, after he, becomes Doctor Strange. He never goes back to being that other guy. So you want the guy who's Doctor Strange to kind of embody that coolness. You understand what I'm saying? I kind of get it. I see. I wonder if Jep would... Uh, I don't know if he would play along with uh, the, the Marvel Studios. Well, they originally yeah. wanted Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, they almost had him. I think Cumberpatch is a better pick than Joaquin. They, had, they almost had Joaquin, but I think the, the thing is he didn't want to do the multi-picture thing. Ah, that's the other thing. But, I mean, they got Depp locked in for how many goddamn Pirates of the Caribbean and all this other crap. Uh, this could it could have been. I wonder if he even wants to do a superhero movie. He's probably just like, eh, I'm not doing this. Uh, I think the, also the reason they didn't choose him is because he's getting he's about the same age as um Robert Downey Jr. And they're probably uh, looking for young yeah. blood to when the old guard goes out. I understand it, but someone that's more kind of that has that quality. Fair enough, but I think that he also nailed the uh, the arrogance perfectly. Yeah, the he's, pure yeah. arrogance of the character. I understand yeah. that. Yeah. Who else, uh, Malowski? Who else stood out in this cast to you? I actually really like Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Um, I've not liked her in anything since I think I first saw her in the Narnia movies. I've I just think she has a weird looking face, and like yeah. I just can't buy her in anything. But in this, I it thought works. she she yeah. really worked it. My fa- yeah. one of my favorite scenes is just the look on her face when she's showing him that book of like the different body maps. Yeah, and she's just like she looks like his happy little kid, and it's just yeah. like she's totally selling it. She's can't I, wait I gotta, to I gotta, sell it. I got to chime in here. Yeah. Tilda Swinton. So that character, the Ancient One, got a lot of flack, mm. ton of flack. Yeah, 
race switching. Um, so disregarding all that, Tilda Swinton fucking stole the show, in my opinion. Yeah, she was by far, I think, the best and brought made the film what it was because without her selling it the way she did, and yeah. without her being this like, she felt like fucking omnipresent, like in the most calm motherfucker yeah, ever. Yeah, and badass, still super charismatic and badass, and like just like her facial expressions, like when she's like, "How did you learn?" Yeah, and he's like, "Practice and time or whatever," and go. she just like she just makes a facial expression like, "There you go." Yeah. And then it's like just she just sells it, yeah. and like when she's out of body and like experiencing the world for the last time, oh, like great. all that stuff could have been super fucking cheesy. Yeah, yeah. But she she kills that movie, and I I also think that it would have been a lot cheesier if they had gone with you know whatever the original. I can't remember the race actually. They make a they make a nod to it. Yeah, you yeah, make yeah, a yeah. Nod He thinks to it. it's uh, the other guy. It's a Tibetan. It's supposed Tibetan, to be a Tibetan. Yeah, that's man, it. Yeah. If, if they had gone with that old Tibetan man, it would have felt so heavy handed and so like just oh, like that that scene where she's dying would have just like completely fallen flat plus it would not have made 44 million in china that's for fucking sure <laughs> well, also like her her physical presence like she looks weird yeah, she has the works. bald head she and this is even like just a little thing but she's tall yeah she's as tall as dr strange huh. and baron mortar like she's like she can stand next to them and like still physically be there like she's not this little woman she's like a tall, weird-looking woman that, like, you you buy as this fucking sorceress. You're like, she's she sells it, man. That yeah. she makes the movie, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm, I'm really sad she's dead. From that yeah, first that, scene, you're sucked. really sucked in, and you believe that she has that power. Like, you, you, there's never a moment where you think that they're actually going to overpower her. You, you're totally right there. Like the fact that she's going to win that first fight. I love that opening scene too, starting kind of starting with the villain and the mentor and you don't know what the fuck's going on. And I actually, I watched the movie. I saw the movie twice, paid for it once uh, on the <laughs> second watch. I noticed cause w- when I initially saw it and they start doing the trippy f- folding walls, I was like, wait, are other people seeing this? What the fuck? What are people seeing? And then, and I watched it again. I was like, Oh, they're in the, mi-. she puts them in the mirror world. Mm-hmm. And then, Oh, it's a great opening action scene also the caliber of her talent is so good that she's the one that explains magic to us to the audience too strange and you you just buy it you get it you're like yeah well do you get it really she said it's harnessing energies like there's different energies just the same harnessing energies from different universes from different from from different universes and it's not actually magic yeah yeah so there's kind of uh yeah but i think that that was this is what i think the movie who cares about the bad guy? Who cares about that? Uh, the guy, you know, what Mags Mickelson or whatever his name is. No one gives a shit about that. The whole movie where it hangs is is where Doctor Strange, who is an arrogant fuck, yeah. has to now drop all of these uh, material and you know tangible things that he's built his whole life on to allow himself to be a magician or, or a wizard or whatever you want to fucking call it a sorcerer. Um, and I think that that was abbreviated too much and was made very light of. And I don't, and you haven't, you have a chance to establish what magic is in the Marvel universe. And they kind of just glossed over it with a lot of like vague vagaries. Uh, I, and I think that that to me, I didn't, I, I was like, I was expecting more, I guess. I, I kind of disagree a little bit. I think they, they did their best to explain. Cause if you're just saying it's magic, then like, let's just end this movie right now. Like, 
this this whole thing is can be whatever. But they they put a lot of rules on it, which I think helped. And I think they downplayed the magic and made it more. They're just pulling things from different universes. They're, this is wow. really just energies from different universes. And they like the sling ring was like, oh, that's how they're able to tr- travel through time like this and all that stuff. Like. I think the rules really helped make the magic understandable and digestible for an audience. That was that very like, important for them to uh, set up. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? I think the movie also, it hinges on that moment when she's making that speech and she's like, you have to realize it's not, it's not about you. Yeah. Like, that's the secret. Yeah. And like, for me, it worked because she sells it great. And I agree with you, Rugby. I didn't think Benedict Cumberbatch was amazing, but I do see in that moment him like finally changing and being like, Oh yeah, like it's really not about me anymore. It's more than that. And that whole time prior to that, he's been like using the magic pretty selfishly. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, it's like I feel like even as a character, he's a dick when he's an when he's a doctor, yeah. and he's kind of like a dick and makes his own rules when he he's. Is. Uh, and that's how. That's once you're a dick, you're always a dick. Like that part didn't change. Uh, some of that felt a little bit rushed. I see what you're saying, but yeah, you know they that. were able to give him not only an origin but a full adventure. Um, and I also got to mention that we saw this in 3D, dude. The 3D really helped sell the magic. It made so much sense. No, no, I think the effects of the magic were yeah. great. And I think that even the way that they kind of tried to break it down and make it into a technology rather than some random stuff was cool. I just think that there was as a component of like in the Matrix. Yeah. I mean, this is a good par- a parallel. Yeah. The Matrix, Neo has to go through a lot of stuff to kind of even start to understand how to bend time, bend the world around him. And it just seems like this was, is even more crazy because there's not the convention of being jacked into a machine and the coding and all this other you stuff. Pull this out of the air. Yeah. He has to now all of a sudden see what his third eye, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Like, how do you even do that? That's a penis. <laughs> That's yeah. not an eye. Oh, shit. <laughs> So there's just there's a component missing to me. I don't know. I felt like he kind of worked pretty hard at it. I mean, you saw him like you know working with the going through the motions, and he even has that scene where he goes like, "How do I get from here to there?" He's frustrated, and he does actually work hard at getting to the point to be able to doing the magic. I mean, it's not it's literally becomes a life or death situation before he's even able to do it. They tried to explain that with him just being like this genius yeah, surgeon, photographic memory. He, he, like a photographic memory, and the fact that like, and that's a throwaway studies. line too. Yeah. He's just he's just a crazy studier, so he's studying even when he's sleeping. Yeah, you, you see that he's yeah. studying when he, he's absorbing all his information. But that I always, you know, the training scenes in superhero origin movies are always the most fun, uh, and I love like when he was the whole Beyonce thing where he's <laughs> he's Wong is listening. Wong does know who Beyonce is. And Steven's just coming in portals. Can I just address Rugboy's point real quick? I think I do see his point in that it is rushed because I think also that's the problem with an origin story in general. Yeah. And the fact that this is an origin story that's under two hours. Yes. Is they got, they rushed. It could have used maybe 20 minutes, uh, 15, 20 minutes. I feel like that. I've seen a lot of these, you know, Kung Fu movies, right? Yep. And this is very much along the same lines of a Kung Fu journey where a guy has to go to a master and learn from the master. And he has to like unlearn everything that he knows. And I've seen many movies where they, they tackle it much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the hero's journey and transformation better. So, uh, it, you know, cause it's, it's a great thing. Like, I um, think they were playing it safe a little bit. Then Iron Man had the same journey. Yeah. He's a fucking guy. He's an asshole. He still continues to be an asshole, but now he's got a suit of armor and, and 
He's he's pointing his ass on this in a different direction. He's aiming it, you know, uh, <laughs> for it for for good. And I understand that, but I feel like that Doctor Strange being that mystical thing, he has to kind of transform even more. Rug, rugs, would you mm-hmm. almost compare it to sort of the one of the failures I think in um, Green Lantern? I was going to bring this up later, but that the training sequence in Green Lantern is almost the same. Like he yes. kind of just like levels up immediately, and he knows he exactly how to use the ring. There's no like yeah. difficulty. It's very conventional in that way. It's like along those rails that Marvel makes all their movies that the formula. They could have addressed some of this easily with a subtitle because I've heard uh, Derrickson tell him that the because I was like, how long was he training? How long? When does this movie take place? Yeah, basic. He and you don't get this in the movie, but he has said that. He trains for about a year. So the movie starts a year ago, ends up now. But had they just put a, maybe one year ago in the beginning? But I, I really think that this is strange. I mean, <laughs> pardon the pun. But, like, um, you don't really sense that. You think that everything's happening right one yes, after the yes. other. You, yeah. you, it, it, the convenience of him coming along at the same time that these guys and are doing this bad right, shit. Right, because Casilius just shows up at one point, like, while he's still training maybe or he's at the end you don't know and then he's just Casilius is just there and then the question becomes yeah. why did Casilius wait so long before right. implementing his plan and like <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, 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 there are clues there's to when it's set there. but it's it, it's all kind of contradictory like there's the yeah. yeah. hour so it must be yeah. after 2012 yes and then there's the the throwaway line about the the guy in the suit during his accident yeah that's like it's ironic that this movie talks about time as being a, an enemy yeah when they, they do a very poor job, and I agree with all you guys, in terms of relating to the audience what how much time has passed. And also, not only with the training for Doctor Strange, but in this time, they should have been at least a scene or two where they're cutting to Cassilius, like, Doing trying, these, yeah. trying yeah. these spells and failing, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And, like, because otherwise, he's had this all this time, and he's just... Was he waiting? Like, what is he yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah, that's another. Did he thing? need all the ingredients for the you know magic potion. Like, what? What's up? Yeah, what is he doing? Yeah, there should be a, should have been something that was keeping him from enacting his plan. I mean, right. I think the there. easiest way to explain the timeline would have been when he comes back for to um the nurse and she if she had just been like Stephen, it's been five years. What yeah, the fuck have you yeah. been like? I, I think there was there was a mention, and I don't think it was enough of time either. I think it was like five months. Yeah. I didn't catch it at all, so I it it, it failed to make. She should have been a little bit more like, "Hey, where have you been, and why are you wearing that? What the hell's going on?" Well, she, she did say that, yeah. but it, it yeah. made it seem like it's been two days. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What do you guys think of? I thought like as part of stuff I loved the production design on this movie, the the way the spells were designed, the way the 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 sanctum sanctorum uh amazing you can see the influence of steve ditko who was also influenced by like salvador dali mc escher magritte you see the surrealist art and psychedelia in the movie i i I really appreciated that that all that it looked fucking great yeah i mean the this is the probably the only time that they could have done that like the technology's finally caught up yeah yeah when they could pull off something like this and make it look like a fucking comic book the visuals is what everyone's going to talk about, and rightfully so. The visuals are fucking crazy. I mean, I remember coming out of the film and being like, "How do they even think of this, <laughs> some of this shit?" It's like, very creative. And I, but I yeah. think I think the visuals, though, like, even though we're going to talk about like the visuals and how amazing they are, I don't think they work unless you have as as amazing a cast as they sure. had. Sure. And although I, although I don't think they all had um, like amazing roles, like I think Rachel McAdams. Um, she definitely kind of could have had she more. Sells, she sells her part when she's on screen. I think Tilda Swinton's great. 
I think Chitwell Yofer. Oh, Chitwell Yofer. Oh, he was he was great. really good. Yeah. Um, Benedict I thought was okay, but but and even like Wong I found was really good. So like I think the cast for me is what what made it what it is. I think that's what Marvel kind of excels in. Best part about Wong, he's played by a guy named Benedict Wong. Oh shit, geek boner. has been waiting to say that. <laughs> Why so many Wongs? Wong, <laughs> Wong. It's Donald Trump with a lisp. Wong. <laughs> Wong. They, so we know now there's a lot of sorcerers they were training out there. I thought that was interesting. I was like, what about all those other guys? They're training all these sorcerers. They've been around this whole time. We just maybe haven't seen it. You you brought up uh, Malofsky, you brought up Green Lantern, and that's yeah. a good parallel. I yeah. think what works, for, what works for me in this film where it didn't in Green Lantern is Mordo and uh, Mordo has that mentor vibe kind of too with yeah. Strange and their buddies and it works and then you see throughout the film he's like coming disillusioned with the ancient one and he finally like breaks by the end spoiler alert yeah that's, whereas yeah. in Green Lantern Sinestro has that same relationship but then at the end of the film all he does is put on a ring <laughs> out of nowhere like, I'm just gonna be evil now like yeah. I think that's that was handled a lot better yeah I mean it's something I wanted to bring up at, at some point was you know how formulaic this film was compared to Green Lantern because I think that's the epitome of the formulaic superhero film I think the main difference between Mordo and Sinestro is Sinestro, you feel that evil vibe pretty much from page one. Um, You know, from the, from the get go, you know, Sinestro is going to turn with Mordo. I would have believed another film would have gone by before he actually, you know, went evil. Yeah. His big problem was that, uh, that the ancient one was using power from the dark dimension. Mm -hmm. And that really pissed him the fuck well, off. He felt lied to. Yeah. Like it's a it's a great uh, it's a great plot. Uh, well, the, thing the, the best villains are the villains that don't believe they're fucking villains. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you're like studying psychology, like Baron Mordo actually thinks that this is a fucking problem. You're not following the rules, and that there's too many goddamn sorcerers breaking the, the rules on Earth, and he needs to clean that up. Like that's a noble cause for him. It's great because all three of these characters have shifting morality. There is no black or white. It's, it's all gray morality. Uh, no, Mordo is black and white. Well, I that's guess he would problem. be. Yeah, that's he would point. be the one. Yeah. He's actually a black guy. But. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing is that, like, with them setting up Mordo like this, he has the potential to be a really good villain. Yep, and, yep. and Marvel hasn't had a really good villain yet. Maybe Loki, maybe, but Loki. Every all thirteen other ones really haven't been well developed at all. And now they have a chance to actually have like a nice, well-developed villain in um, the next Doctor Strange film. That's what I'm looking forward to. I, uh, I, I, before we talk about villains, I just got to ask one thing. Was not the cape the greatest fucking thing ever? I did oh, not man. see that coming. For them to give the cape a personality, I love that. That was so, that was fun. That was my favorite thing. I, I loved it. It's just like, you know, yes, let's make the cape the hero for once. Remind me of Spawn a lot, but you know, but yeah, a, I but a better, cool. better looking Spawn, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, a, it was a good. I like. It reminded me of Aladdin's cape. Oh, his uh, his Aladdin, carpet, yeah. the carpet. Yeah. It's not his cape, his carpet. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was funny. Well, Spawn's cape is ripped off of Doctor Strange. Let me just get that out. Oh yeah, it kind of is the big same kind of pointy collar, and then McFarlane just likes to draw capes that would never exist like that in real life. That goes on for miles, and there's so much cloth. You're like, how is this even functional as a cape? But it looks fucking cool when you draw it that way. Uh, also, I love kind of seeing the mirror dimension. Like 
Well, I remember we, when Flash had Mirror Master, I was like, I want to see what it looks like in the mirror dimension. And wow, is that's fucking cool. That's a cool mirror dimension look. And it's an easy way to get away with yes, shit. You're not harming anyone else. You could do whatever you want in here, but the stakes are still high. Yeah, and then I liked how they uh, kind of completely backtracked on that in the second the second time he took them into the um, mirror dimension in the well, end. Casilius C- figured out a way to uh, fuck up in the people. Yeah, in in the outside of the mirror dimension. So speaking of Casilius, do does Marvel that this villain problem continue with this movie for you guys, or have they taken a little bit of a corrective? Step? How much did they even spend with Casilius? Nothing. Not nothing. Right. I'll, I'll say that. Um, Cecilius had potential, like when he's locked up in that. Yeah, that was pretty armor. That was pretty creepy. And, and he and he's talking about time, yeah. being yeah. the enemy of all, yes. and like that he just really wants to live everlasting life. Like, there's a lot there. Yeah, like they had a lot that they could have mined, and I thought he had potential. But I think again, Marvel doesn't want their villains. They don't want their villains being cooler than their heroes. And, they want, and this is an origin story, and they had a lot. They had Strange to fucking develop. You know, not a lot of people know about Strange. No. Mordo. Yeah. Ancient one, they I think they wanted to develop their time. Well, you had to other. set up magic. You had to set up all the rules. Like there was a lot to set up. I think there was potential there, but they just they kind of like, eh, not, we don't really care too much about this. Yeah. Like time being an enemy, like that's cool. That's actually yeah. pretty yeah. next level shit. So we just wrote a, an article about um all the Marvel villains. So I I feel like I, I have them all in my head at this point. And okay. it, it's just sort of like he's very middle of the road with them. I, mean, I don't think he did anything spectacular yeah. one way or the other. He's better than Malekith. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but so is everyone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Rugboy's better than Malekith. Come on. <laughs> I have the ultimate enemy. What are you talking about? <laughs> I do. I did kind of also. I thought the makeup was interesting, being that it wasn't completely face covering, but it was fucking creepy to look at like i kept staring at his face because it's this weird cracking thing and then is it energy you got like dark pupils uh, i thought it was well done with just you know a- affecting just his eyes and stuff and not having a full mm. a full thing why are they doing the gigantic thing with the big head with doramanu oh that's there there's doramamu let's uh let's get to the doramamu yeah, Dor- well Dor- you know what doramamu Open looks like doramamu right rugs Huh? You know what he looks like in the comics, he, right? Yeah. What does he look like? Why don't you describe it, Anthony, for people who haven't seen him? <laughs> oh, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. So let me just—he's a flaming head. Yeah. He's got—he's yeah. like a flaming spawn, basically. And he's wearing like a purple suit or something. Yeah, like long, like capey flow. He's like purple. He's like a hellish Doctor Strange. And he's a, he's got know. a body. He's a guy, you know, as opposed to a head. I thought it was neat. Uh, Benedict Cumberpatch actually did the motion cap for the head of Dorobamu. So he gets to play the bad guy and the good guy, and then they dubbed his voice in. Somebody. It was very uh, Green Lantern esque in it, terms it of. It kind of was. Uh, that's a good point. It kind of was. Uh, I do. I did appreciate the little time loop uh, way he beat him. That that was uh, different. Dormammu, I'm here to bargain. Yeah, and he's like, "What is going on, Dormammu?" See, see Dormammu. that's another scene I think would have benefited from um, a, a longer time frame. Like, it, it feels like he's there for like you know five minutes, and then Dormammu's and then just like, "Fine." Yeah, he's like, I but, can't, "All right, I've, I can't." Do but this. <laughs> if, if he if he'd come back and it'd been like, you know, where have you been? And it's like it's been a century. Yeah. Hey, but at least they, you know, although this film is very formulaic, that end fight scene is not formulaic. No. It's, this isn't Green Lantern punching Dormammu into the fucking sun. This is a clever time loop thing in a place that has no time and fucking torturing the shit out of Dormammu. 
until he gives you what you want. I would have liked that uh, him to get creative, though. Like, I mean, there was a couple of cool death scenes or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But I would like to see like Dormammu like take the shape of Doctor Strange or something, and they could fight and have some little fisticuffs or something like he could do anything. Dormammu, right? but on the yeah, other hand, basically, we, we had just seen a lot of a big fights, like two big yeah. fight scenes. Like we, yeah. we we didn't need another one and and stuff. And like like I mean, going back to what Anthony was saying, like that's sort of the point that I was I'm I'm driving at. It's that Green Lantern is the same plot and the same formulaicness, but. Doctor Strange succeeds by subverting a lot of those formulaic aspects and a lot of those tropes. And like the ending is a perfect example of that. Instead of destroying a city, they're, they're restoring one. Rebuilt. And wow, how fucking clever. Like what? It's so imaginative for them to fighting forward while everything around them is reversing and rebuilding. Like that was just even to like storyboard and concept that. Uh, that that's gotta be tricky and it looked great. It's, that was, that was yeah. a great way to do it. Uh, David, let's get into that. Some of the tropes you had a number of tropes that, cause to me, the movie people are like, Oh, this is the most different Marvel movie you're ever going to see. I don't agree. This is pretty much a standard Marvel origin movie. It's a solid movie, but they do twist things a little bit, but overall I, that was the one thing uh, walking in. I felt like I knew how this movie was going to play out in terms of structure. Because they've seen 13 of these already, you know, and it kind of did that, but they had some fun with what they changed. Yeah. So, I mean, every, every superhero origin film pretty much follows, you know, there's the typical hero's journey. Rugboy touched on it. It's, you know, in Kung Fu films, it's in, you know, fantasy films, you know, Lord of the Rings has it, Harry Potter has it. Each genre sort of does it a little bit differently. So for superheroes, there's sort of six major points. I'm, I'm just going to list them off and we can, we can talk through them if you want. Um, but it's basically, you have, you know, the status quo, you have the, the acquisition of powers or the, the accident, as I like to call it. Then in Act 2, you've got you know your training stuff, you've got the death of the mentor, and you've got the, the debut, which is the scene that I think has the most um, to discuss in this one. And then the climax, which I think we've pretty much already covered. So, yeah, the, the debut. Which part is the yeah. debut when he finally gets his cape on? Pretty much. So I think all those other ones are pretty self-explanatory. The debut moment for me, so it's in every superhero film, there's that moment when the superhero is like ready to start going out there and saving people. And he has a moment where he starts doing that. And what's integral to that scene is that he does it in full costume. So for instance, in um, Spider-Man, it's the scene where he you know, saves Mary Jane. And then he has another sort of debut scene where he's um, at the parade when he like rips his shirt open. Yeah. And the costume becomes very important. So for Dr. Strange, that moments, the, the fight in the sanctum. Yeah. The difference is he's not choosing that fight. He's very distinctly saying like, he's very like, he doesn't want to be there. He's sort of just running for his life. Yeah. He got thrown there like, yeah. uh, and, and didn't know what to do. <laughs> I mean, so it's sort of the difference. So like in kick-ass, he's basically says that line, like, you know, like every serial killer fantasizing wasn't enough. I had to go out and do it. Ah. Do- Dr. Strange hasn't had that moment of, well, I'm going to go out and do it now. It's just like, he just got, he's just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Let me tell you when I think the debut yeah. moment is. It's not any. It's not any action scene. It's again. I think it's Tilda Swinton telling him it's not about you. Ah. That's his meal moment where he goes like his face changes and he's like, "Shit!" Because like you said, 
before that, when he's fighting, he's fighting to save his ass. Yeah. He's not fighting to save anyone else but himself. Even and then when he kills that person, he's like crying about it. He's like, I didn't come into this to be. A, I came to be a doctor to save lives, not to kill people. Like even in that moment, he doesn't give a fuck about anybody. He's just doing it to save himself. It's again. I think that's that's why I'm so into Tilda Swinton's role in this. Is she is the one that gives him the debut moment. She is the one because that speech could have been super cheesy. Yeah. It's all about you. Like really, that's 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 the line. It's all about you. But she sells it so well, and she's like inner astral plane and the lightning is like slowly coming across the sky and the snow is falling like that whole moment is when i think strange becomes fucking dr strange and immediately after that he's fucking going to hong kong and trying to save the sanctum yeah i mean i think it's more of that like he kind of has to earn it a lot more like he er, he earns like the cape i think the cape is like the the costume earning yeah it, right. and like he earns it in a way that i think a lot of characters don't earn it and it's exactly what you're saying. It's that, you know, he kind of had to be told that, hey, this isn't, this isn't all it is. There's more to it than that. What's cool about that moment, and I think what Marvel's done really well, is they did this in Thor, too, is they make an inanimate object have personality. So that yes. moment in Thor is when the fucking hammer rumbles out of the ground and gets into his hand yeah. as he's dying. Yeah. Like, that moment is when Thor becomes Thor. Same thing in here. It's a fucking inanimate object. That makes it. That, yeah, the exact moment I would think of if you when you say debut is when he does get he gets pushed off the stairway and the cape follows him and pulls him up and then that's you see it. it for the first time in the cape. I was like, yeah, that's fucking awesome! Like I remember cheering in that moment. But Rugs, I think you may agree with me. Do you guys think he earned it a little too quickly? I do, but I mean, I understand it's a movie and you got to get things going. So it's like, you know, it's expected in a way. And also. His ego, like it, I still feel like even at the end, it's still kind of about him. Like he's still kind of a dick and he's yep. still just kind of, so it almost makes this like, this could be a super villain origin movie in a way. I mean, what, what, so the other thing that I wanted to, to mention about this, these tropes is that, um, so the, the acquisition of powers or the accident, it's sort of two different, it's the same thing is for the weaker character. It's meant to elevate them. Yeah. And it's meant to, you know, enhance the things that they do for for the strong characters, the arrogant ones like him and Tony Stark. Yeah. It's meant to make them, you know, sort of bring them down a peg, humble them. Yeah. yeah, And humble them a bit. So for Tony, that's sort of how it plays out. I mean, a little bit, but it plays out a bit more in that sense of, you know, he kind of gets taken down a peg and he, he does rethink his life. Like you see that in the film. In this, he does not become any less arrogant at all. <laughs> Well, you know what's interesting is I listened to uh, Mark Bernardin on Fat Man on Batman. He had uh, he's a writer. He had a he made one really interesting point that I hadn't thought of in terms of Strange's redemption moment, which is when he makes he leaves. So he's there, and then Cassilius shows up in in Hong Kong, and he just takes off, right? And they think he just fucking left, and he ran, and he makes the deal with Dormammu. He kind of sa- defeats the villain, saves everything. Except that no one is there to see him do it. Nobody knows what he did. Like his redemption comes, but it's not. Nobody saw it. So it's only him and Mordo. Yeah. So everybody know. still thinks. Everyone should still think he's just a dick, and he's in way over his head or whatever. Can I make the uh, just a quick Tony Stark comparison? Yeah. yeah. Everyone compares this guy to Tony Stark, yeah. and I see that there's definitely a lot of similarities. You know, arrogant motherfucker, yeah. super brilliant, and in their craft yep. gets taken out of peg. I would say Strange is even more 
of a fucking asshole. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and the scene that kind of intensifies uh, that is um, when he just lashes out at Rachel McAdams' character well, in the beginning. For really, no reason. When he's just like. The now's when you say sorry, me? and this is the part yeah. where you leave. Yeah, this is it. the part where you leave. Like Tony Stark's never had a moment. Like <laughs> Anthony, that. remember when we saw that in the theater? There's like girls around us that were like, "Oh shit!" Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like he is literally like the the kind of guy where like if he is suffering, he's gonna make everyone else around yeah. him and is close in his life. Yeah feel like shit too Absolutely. like that's a pretty despicable i mean person. he's still arrogant and like really dangerous because he doesn't he just goes in without really learning and brash and uh it almost makes yeah but i, I wouldn't i don't i think he's transformed i don't think i don't see the i don't see him being this dick anymore he's he's arrogant for sure he, he's a fucking genius any genius is a little bit arrogant if he was if he was still the same guy he would have used the magic to clear to heal his hands and not done anything. Yeah, shit. that was interesting is like they, he, he, they, his hands are still his fucked hands up. His hands are still fucked up and he hasn't, because we find out, well, that's the thing with Mordo. Like, think about it from Mordo's point of view. Mordo is almost like, I, I almost can uh, relate with him because he's like, dude, you are brash. You don't deserve this power. She's, first of all, she lied to me. She's teaching all these motherfuckers that could possibly use this for ill will, these, these spells. And he's just like, I'm taking all this fucking power back. And even Benjamin Bratt's character was kind of responsible in the sense that he was just using the energy to walk again. Like, he didn't become a sorcerer, but even that was was too much for Mordo, and he fucking took it back. I mean, that's what I was saying earlier. Mordo's going to be a very sympathetic villain. Mordo's very Captain America Yes, in terms of yes. he's just black and white, yes. no compromise. This is the magic Avengers split. Yeah, I like that. If you feel like that he's doing the right thing, though, how do you make him into a bad guy? Just because he's opposed to Doctor. Well, Cage? I actually, I, I kind of like that it's all gray in this. It's, a, it's kind of a different thing for Marvel, and you can have a lot more fun story wise with this and with the viewer. Like, do you hate him? Do you love him? Similar to what they did with Captain America: Civil War, uh, you can have fun just being uh, like gray morality versus kind of like Magneto and yeah, and, and the Xavier, yeah, yeah. Well, it's also like the the. The, the thought of like rulers and kings got to do some fucking nasty shit. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. But, they, but no one ever knows about yeah. that stuff. Which is what... It's, it's, it's their personal burden that they have mm-hmm, to take. That's out. what the ancient one said, and that's what she did. And, uh, you know, Stephen understood that, and Mordo whereas, did Whereas not, Mordo doesn't understand that. Did not get it. In a lot of ways, you're almost going to have like two villains fighting each yeah. other, yeah. You know, rather than two heroes that we had in... Uh, some- Mordo, Mordo would rather go have the ship fucking fall... Yeah, and like be cool with his morals, and then letting the ship. Strange will do what needs to be done. And, well, Strange will do what needs to be done. Anthony, I do think this Strange would be a great to set up the Illuminati team. Like this is kind of that perfect Strange. I think so because he's not all black and white. You know? I just don't think they have enough cachet yet to do the Illuminati. No, no, yeah. we're getting there. I don't think the universe it would basically there. just be like you know we're the getting secret, there. The secret sect of the Avengers, and it would kind yeah. of it still it still feels like it, even though it's been what eight years yeah. since. Iron Man came yeah. out, it still hasn't felt like it's been a long enough where they would be like, yeah, we needed an Illuminati now. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like yeah. heroes have snuck no, around. No, right yeah, they got to build up a couple more disasters and events. And So, do you guys think Strange will be the next Sorcerer Supreme? No, is, there's not one currently? Oh, he's going to step right into that shit. Which seems odd. This fucking guy just learned this shit, and now he starts yeah, Supreme. What the fuck? Honestly, the if first I was, time I watched it, I thought that's what the ending was. If I was mortal, I'd be pissed. Yeah, yeah. The, the end credit scene with Thor, you definitely get the feel that he's the Sorcerer Supreme. He ah. basically says, I'm Earth's protector. Yeah, 
He's uh, he's uh, he's ta- let's uh, what do you guys think of the mid credit scene? That was that was directed by Taika Waititi, and I I, I love the 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 fun nature of it, and that they're setting up uh, Ragnarok and the refilling beer. It's always a good joke. Yeah, it was a gag. Yeah, it's always a good it was gag. fun. It felt like it was. It might have been from the movie. Oh, really? It, may it be. might be an extended scene because if you remember in. Uh, Ant-Man, the mid-credit scene is a scene from Civil War, which is in the movie. That's right. They pulled straight from like the early yeah. uh, dailies from that. I mean, if you're going to do a mid-credit scene, it felt like Thor would be the most logical because yeah. he yeah. is the next most magic-based. Yes. So if you, to have those characters interact would be cool. And I like, the, I like that Doctor Strange is probably going to be in Ragnarok. That's going to be fun. Yeah. yeah. It's, I think also you know, Thor is probably the one with the movie coming out that has the least amount of hype right now. Ragnarok, that movie yes. is shaping up to be like the best Thor movie. Like, I am so excited. I was never really excited for any of the Thor movies, but this movie I am excited for based on everything we've been reading and seeing. So you had that mid-credit scene, and then you had the one at the end with Mordo. Yeah. Where Mordo basically is on the turn now. He's going to be very, if he starts collecting every sorcerer's uh, magic, he's going to be very powerful very quickly. Uh, Again, I, I see his point. Yeah. I actually do see, like, that's why I kind of like it. So as in terms of uh, getting a little bit more nitpicky, really, uh, mostly I have positive things. I don't have a lot of nitpicky things. Some of the things I didn't like was Rachel McAdams, who is a night nurse in the comic books. Not the night nurse, but she, but she could use a little bit more. Um, the astral plane fight in the, in the hospital, which was pulled right out of the oath, uh, from what I understand. And listener, if you like this movie, check out the oath. It's a five-issue limited series. Heavily inspired. Uh, this movie was inspired by it. Uh, it looked a little ghostbustery to me, and I didn't understand the rules. Like, they're phasing through certain things, but then they get slammed up against walls and other parts. I didn't understand why that guy had to send his astral self in instead of just going in. Was he afraid of getting caught there? Yeah. I, I also, the, the CGI in that scene was also a bit... Okay, it wasn't me, just me then. Yeah, no, it was not. also a bit weird. I think the, the, the weirdest thing about that scene is him showing up in his astral plane and confronting Rachel McAdams yeah. and her not being just running she out of the fucking room. Right, yeah. She should have passed the fuck out. <laughs> she just took it. She swallowed this shit very quickly. Oh, very, like, very, very nice use of Oh, I didn't mean there. to. Sorry. <laughs> that was completely by accident. <laughs> just like the fact that she's just like, okay, I'll shock you again. What I don't understand, but okay. okay God, that yeah. would not be me. I would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? What is going on? Yeah, you stop. Everyone stop and just explain this shit for a second. Rugboy was in that scene. He'd be the only one that could take it. <laughs> yeah. <But> there was a- <laughs> he's got a hand up his ass, so he's already... Hey, listen, I got, I've been cursed by a gypsy, so I know about magic from the first degree. He knows, <laughs> he knows about spells. And, uh, there's you know, there was a lot of exposition in the movie, so I get you had to cut back anyways, but just seemed a little ghostbustery for a little bit. Honestly, though, oh. if we're going to keep going back to Green Lantern, it's about the same as like her completely just accepting um, him and yeah, him as yeah. Uh, Green Lantern. It's or like guessing that it's him okay. Yeah. yeah, this new thing, like this, <laughs> it's like it's a totally new thing in the world. Like, like I don't even care if Thor crashes through and you've you've already stitched him up. Like, if that happened, like you would freak out. Yeah, I mean, but again, this is a world where you know Rachel McAdams' character has seen. A Hulk and God's Asgard and aliens already and all this shit going on. Yeah. Does that soften the blow a little bit? I don't know. I maybe don't. she was on shift the night that the zombies attacked in uh, Daredevil. Um, maybe. Maybe she was there for the incident. Who knows? Uh, uh, let me ask you guys this. The, we talked about how it's kind of formula, this movie. 
Do you think Marvel needs to move away from this formula or was this necessary in this instance? Cause it's kind of um, Iron Man with magic and introducing a whole new dimension. There, there was, they were going to have to explain yeah. the magic yeah. somehow. Yeah. That's I think they could probably move away from the formula. They can be probably done in another way, of course, but the magic you have, there's, there's gotta be rules on the magic or else people are just going to be like, well, why didn't you do that from the start? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, like why don't you just erase all of this right away? Like the magic is, it's such a, a vague term. You have to put rules on it. I think that's why this movie was the way. No, it and anything like Matrix, like all the sci-fi, you got you. You have to set up awesome rules and then play with them, break them. I also think the best superhero films are when the character, or just not even superhero films, but films in general, are when the main character by the end of the film is a different person. And this movie definitely, in my opinion, accomplishes that. Where the guy is just a, a different guy. He's not. He's not a fucking surgeon. That's fucking quoting songs no, he's, he's pulling he's a, he's enlightened he's been he's a different guy. enlightened to, to to an incredible degree he's seen shit that he thought we would never see that he couldn't that, even that's the fathom. problem when you bring up like ghostbusters that's the problem with like the sequel like ghostbusters 2 yeah they're the same dudes that they were in ghostbusters 1 <laughs> there's no yeah. advancement yeah there's no character advancement well bill murray is the same fucking bill murray that he was in the first ghostbusters yeah. i mean yeah. you know, that's what i'm saying like <laughs> That's when you, you got to see character advancement, or else these films are just retread. Marvel's good at that, though, and I think they've continued this tradition of like, look at where it's, you know Steve Rogers Tony is, Tony Stark is. is uh, they've all gone through Thor, we're Thor. Yeah, they've all yeah. gone through an evolution, and which is great. It's like the comic books. I mean, it's all. I think cool. it's also you know this movie kind of gets away with being so formulaic in that sense, and you know, like if you look at ahead at the what else Phase Three is going to bring into it. Yeah. You yeah. know, those those three movies next year, those are not going to be those formulaic those movies. Those are very different movies. <laughs> Spider-Man better not. Oh, God. Yeah. That's I, the one. I, everyone will kill themselves. That's the one I'm most worried about right now. Yeah. I, I do think that the Guardians of the Galaxy movie probably runs the biggest risk of having the characters get no advancement in the sequel. And that's going to be interesting to see. Do you do the same like the first movie and have fun? Or how can we do this and progress the characters? Yeah, exactly. You may be right. I think when you're trying to create a shared universe where all the things play well together, it's a big restriction yeah, yeah. there. There really yeah. is. You're kind of tying one leg down and you're trying to like do cool stuff and you can't wait, you know, with that holding you back all the time. So there is that thing that they're going to have to deal with all the time when they make a movie. Yep. They can't, you can't make like, you know, Doctor Strange with Johnny Depp and Tim Burton directing would have been a completely different, crazy, dark, cool <laughs> well, I movie. I want to see that All now. Right? Holy shit. All right. But but that's not going to happen. You no, know, yeah. um, you're not going to get that much of a, a distinct movie, you know, there. So they have to like kind of vanilla it to death so they can all kind of all these flavors can play. I well mean, you're together. absolutely right. You see it on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The thing that we love about it is also the thing that's really limiting everything mm. is that it is a shared universe. And speaking of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like, I, I don't know oh, wh- what kind of tie they're going to do because they had the Darkhold, the Darkhold book and the books in the movie. That's really about it. Now, at the end of the last episode, of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, something happens and Coulson and Fitz kind of disappear. Do they go to this dark dimension? The dark dimension's also talked about in Agent Carter uh, when yeah. they made in the second season. So they're kind of tying all this together. But I mean, I don't think there's going to be any tie in with Agents of the Shield because I, I have one nitpick. I just thought okay. of it. So when 
uh, Cilius attacks Hong Kong. Yeah. Right. And Dormammu is invading Hong Kong and people are dying. Right. Yeah. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Unless that happened in like two seconds. <laughs> where the fuck are the Avengers? Nobody noticed this. And, uh, and then even the reverse side <laughs> right? of the isn't thing. That, isn't time. that a world ending event? But when did they show well, up? but the world, the actual world ending event was what Strange took care of in the dark dimension that nobody saw. No, but I'm saying in the time that it was happening. Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, this gets confusing. When does this movie take place? I don't know. Wasn't he rewinding? He time? No, no. I'm saying before. Yeah. yeah, he was rewinding time. So by the time, time he gets had there, passed, destroyed. Right, no, I'm look. Listen, listen. He was rewinding time, so time had passed. Right, there was at least. A few moments there where people are dying. A fucking purple cloud is coming from the sky to Hong Kong and destroying things. Isn't that a world-ending event? Look, Wouldn't the Avengers look, show it up? It takes that? a little while to get from <laughs> Los Angeles to uh, Hong Kong. You really? Know, the, flight, the flight takes you know twenty hours, even if you're flying first class. The signal's got to go to space. <laughs> they're, coming, back. they're coming from New York. <laughs> Imagine the greatest scene would have been. All right, so Doctor Strange shows yeah. up. And all the the purple cloud is yeah. happening, and then he makes one of those little like portals, yeah. and like uh, like Bruce Banner's like taking a shit somewhere. <laughs> he's like, like down, he looks up, huh? and then he's like, "Oh, what the fuck am I doing here?" And he, he looks that up actually would have been really funny. That's a good idea. That would have been. Like, where the fuck are the Avengers? Oh, what the hell? Well, then Captain America's jacking off. <laughs> I mean, we <laughs> would have been able to help in that situation if you look like the no. maybe, but like you know, think about how many um, what the team is like at the end of Civil War. Maybe well, maybe I know they, they might not have been able to help, but they would have Scarlet shown up. Witch, maybe. Yeah, Scarlet Witch. But she they really, she? they wouldn't have known what to do. Let's talk about um this Eye of Agamotto and the Time Gem. And I'm going to do a little Infinity Stones roll call because I found this neat graphic. I think they're really, this is, this is, uh, they've been setting this up with Thanos with the letters of his name coinciding to the, the gems in the MCU. For example, the Space Gem. Is under the letter T because it's in the Tesseract. Uh, the soul gem, which is the one gem we have not seen under the letter H, question mark. We'll get to that in a second. Reality gem under A is the ether. The time gem under N, that's kind of a stretch. Necklace being the, that's a real <laughs> stretch. the eye of Akamoto. Yeah. Okay, but these others are good. O is the power gem, which is the orb. No, we got to stop. It's already over. <laughs> the necklace doesn't when work. You, when you go necklace, no, it's in the eye of Agamotto. It should have been A, Agamotto. And then it's... Right. Or I. Or... Uh, like in the letter E. Maybe this is forced. Okay, That's look. Fair. S, mind gem, scepter. But could it be possible the H stands for Hela in Thor Ragnarok, where we're probably going to mm. get to see the soul gem? So so the gem is in Hela? Or she has it or something. I don't know. No, I no, think I think the H is for hand because isn't it already you know in the back of the hand? That's that's all it is. <laughs> or Hulk? Does Hulk have it? Does Heimdall have it? And currently, the mind gem is actually in Vision, so it'd be V. That's true. All right, this blows Thav- this whole Thavos. shitty. Look, I love shitting on shit. Everyone, yeah, no, says. no. I, here at Comics Unlimited Twitter account, you guys, he just fucked you. It's clever. He's trying. I mean, they're trying, but I, I don't think they're. Uh, I don't think that's yeah. going. No. He- Fuck you. What'd you guys, uh, any Easter eggs that you guys like that stuck out? Yeah, I mean, they, you saw Avengers you Tower. You saw Avengers Tower. You saw Stan Lee reading, uh, Stan Lee was reading this book by Aldous Huxley called The Doors of Perception, which is a book Huxley wrote while on mescaline about just fucking trippy perception. And I think it's hilarious that Stan's reading this book and he goes, this is hilarious. Like he's laughing at this fucking trippy classic work of fiction. 
You know what I liked about this movie? Yeah. They didn't have a ton of fucking Easter eggs. Yeah. They actually did, though, if you were into Doctor Strange shit. If you were into Doctor Strange shit. But like, all the artifacts. Nothing really distracted yes, you. Yes, yeah. But all the relics, the costumes, like the boots of Voltum or whatever, the, the staff of the Living Tribunal was pretty fucking, that was a nice nod. But Imran, did you under did you catch all this in the movie or after reading? Oh, I don't know shit about Doctor Strange. Exactly. So this stuff doesn't resonate doesn't, then. Yes. Yeah, the first time I watched it, I didn't even catch the the line about um the guy with the back injury in the car. Yeah. Like, Let, let's talk about those two there was two things in there. So the yeah. first one, he says, We got a guy with a a marine, possible back spine, military uh experimental armor, which right away you think of two things. You think of Rhodey getting hit and falling. Yeah. And you think of that other guy in Iron Man three who the body got twisted around the top half. And he's like, that guy's okay. He's not, he's just fine. Yeah. No, there's also in Thor two, there's the scenes where, uh, Justin hammers demoing. The oh, that's what I meant. Footage. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah that's what you're talking but about. Derrickson yeah. has said that it's neither of those regarding that one. Now, the second person they mentioned 35 year old woman with some kind of schizophrenia, this, I think, is a possible reference to Carol Danvers' Miss Marvel. I don't think so. No? I, yeah, I Brie Larson so. doesn't look 35. Is she, is she uh, meant to be 35? I don't know. I, I mean, she would be, be an 35. adult. Eh, that's a good point. Yeah, and it's also yeah, and I don't think that's Carol Danvers weird origin. Yeah. I'm wondering what those two, those things got to be. I don't think it was in there for no reason. Like, it's got to be. be typhoid Mary. It's got to be something. Typhoid Mary? Yeah. Yeah, that might be yeah, it might be like a, a more minuscule character like that, someone like that. I don't know if it's someone big. I mean, the armor thing feels like a, a reference to that scene that we're talking about in Iron Man 2, but not necessarily to that person who is in that video, but just like just a reference to the fact maybe. that like other people are still trying to yeah. you know copy the Iron Man suit. Yeah. I think that's the problem. One of the nitpicks with this film is there's no sense of time yes. when this is happening. Yeah, absolutely. And then one little fun Easter egg in the credits that I remember sitting there, I was reading the credits, the last, it was weird. I was like, why is this credit up there? The last credit on the scene, on the screen said something about uh, distracted driving and oh, dangerous I driving. That. I was like, wait a minute. what? Why is that in there? And then you think about when he says the warning always comes after the spells. Like they were playing on that whole thing about him not reading the warning until after the spells. And I was like, why is that credit in there about distracted driving? <laughs> it was fun. They get That's fun. Nice. That's good. Yeah, clever. And do you think the uh, Cassilius and Azilets get turned into mindless ones in the end when they get sucked into the... Uh... Because that was the thing. He thought they were going to get immor- immortal life, and they were, but only as shitty mindless ones that have no... Isn't the mindless one a Fantastic Four property? I, I thought it was I'm also Dormammu and uh, Dark- Dr. Strange. Oh, it might be. I thought it was I Donald know. Trump. <laughs> Dr. <Doctor, laughs> Trump. Dr. Trump. <laughs> President Doctor? Uh, it's it's straight. It's Trump. I suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's true. <laughs> All right. Did, I did think, you guys yeah. think of the humor? To speak ah. of that joke. Okay, this is a good question. Who wants to start this one? Rugs? Uh, am I the authority here? <laughs> well, yeah. you are. Have a, uh, have a slack hole. Uh, it was okay. It wasn't like amazing, but it was okay. It was all right. It was like uh, some of them hit correctly and some of them kind of didn't. So. I, th- I think they did an okay job. I mean, when I heard Dan Harmon was helping, I was kind of like, ooh, does this going to get need some punching up? I heard that Harmon actually wrote the Duramamu scene. Like, that was his contribution. Like, the Wong stuff doesn't didn't play. Oh, you didn't, you didn't laugh at the end? Really? No. Yeah, it was very subdued. It was a different kind of humor. It was subdued, and I agree. Some of it worked. It's not, I mean, I had more fun 
with like Ant-Man and Guardians of the Galaxy as a movie, but this is not what this movie was. What did you think was the funniest thing in the whole movie? Was it the cape beating the up? Cape somebody? got That's a great laugh. Some of his, yeah. uh, some of his lines of not understanding or the one word thing was, was kind of funny. And then when they cut to Wong with listening that, to Beyonce, that was, that a, was gag. a good game. That was it. It, it yeah. wasn't anything that he said, any joke that he said. Right. It was all psych gag. Or how he was. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed the, the Mr. Doctor thing. Mr. Doctor. Mr. Doctor. And he's, he's like, it's strange. He's like, yeah, I'm not going uh, to judge. W. <laughs> I'm never. I'm not I kind of wish they hadn't given because the Shambhala joke would have been really good, also, and that joke yeah, would have been good had we not seen it in the trailers. I think what, what they want Shambhala mean it's a like paradise. It, it right? means paradise. It's also a a run of Doctor Strange comic books, but it was the Wi-Fi password. I think yeah. what they try to do is because this movie is inevitably going to compare to like Iron Man yeah. is they didn't want that yeah. Tony Stark. It's a, yeah, it's a different. They wanted the humor to be subdued. Yes. They didn't go over the top. Like I don't know if you guys remember Thor: The Dark World. I felt like the humor was way oh, too yeah, over the yeah, top. Yeah, yeah. Like them, like in the climactic scene, there's like wacky animals running there's by. Wacky, <laughs> there's animals right there. They're sliding down the glass and it's making that squeaky noise. Uh, he gets on the train. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's just too much. Oh, yeah. like, I think I think they really like subdued it down. And I and I think it was okay. Like it, it wasn't like a standout aspect, yeah. but it didn't like make me go fuck. This is too it's much. A, it was yeah, appropriate. They, they definitely didn't overdo it. They, they didn't overdo it. They didn't do enough. They didn't make it a, like an aspect of the film where you're going to walk out. Like you walk out of Avengers and you're like, God, that was really funny. Yes. Unexpectedly. Yeah. And, really and funny. like Ant-Man was like, I had so much fun, but that was the other thing I wanted to ask. Ant-Man clearly a heist movie. Uh, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, a sci-fi adventure movie, Winter Soldier, a, a political espionage movie. This just seemed to be, did this have a genre or is it just like, it was a straight up origin magic movie. Tried to be a kung fu yeah. movie, but it wasn't. Ah, yeah, it's kind of just like a fantasy, yeah. like a fantasy magic film, fantasy adventure. Yeah, yeah, it's like a blend of like that kung fu west, you know, eastern guy goes or western guy goes east and learns, yeah. learns we're, how to do it better. Yeah, we're gonna see, sort of we're gonna see more of that with the yeah. Iron Fist, but, but but it's also like the magic psychedelic. But honestly, I think it's just a, a superhero origin yeah. movie, just yeah. doused with magic. solid I mean, superhero origin yeah. movie. Yeah. All right, look. Let's wrap it up this way. Give me, let's get your final thoughts. If you want to give it a grade, go ahead. And then I want to know where it stacks up in the Marvel movies for, for each of you fellas. Uh, Rugs, you want to start? I thought it was middle of the road. I, I liked it. I would give it like a B. You mean something like it was okay. It was not my favorite Marvel movie, but I think it did everything well. And I was entertained. It was a very entertaining movie. And uh, even though Benedict Cumberbatch isn't my first pick, I think he did a good job. And, uh, I think the bad, the biggest weakness is the bad guy, which is in every Marvel yeah. movie. And I just wish there was a little bit more meat. Just a little bit more. Okay. That's all. Fair enough. Uh, Malofsky. For me, when I, whenever I see a film, I think that the most important thing is to just succeed in doing what it wanted to do. And I think this one absolutely succeeds in, you know, just being a fun movie with, you know, the magic and stuff. I think I thought it worked. Um, I'd probably give it like a seven or eight out of 10. And in terms of like where it plays with the other Marvel movies, I think probably just a little bit high, higher than middle. So like maybe like high six mid. or seven. Okay. Down. High mids. Yeah. All right. Uh, Anthony. I think I rated it a B minus in my initial reaction. Yeah. So I'll go with a number this time okay. instead. Uh, I'll go like seven, seven, seven point two, something like okay. that. I'd have to reevaluate like where I ranked them. I don't, I forgot. We even did. I, a know, show I, don't, remember. I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember where I ranked everything. They can check the so show I, notes. I, I would again, again, just go right in the middle. Yeah. Uh, it's not like the most mind blowing film ever, but I think it did enough visually. And I think 
uh, some of the acting did enough to make it just like a better than average Marvel film. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with everybody. Like, this was a really hard concept, but they made about the best Doctor Strange movie you could make. The visuals, the production design, the 3D, fantastic. But, uh, yes, just a formula movie. I'd also, I'd give it a B, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it somewhere right in the middle. Right about a 6 or 7 out of 14 in terms of Marvel. So, uh, but I see a lot of people, it's interesting, a lot of reaction. People absolutely love this movie. Like, there's, it goes everywhere from, like, this is the best movie ever to, eh, it's just okay. Eh, but again, Marvel has yet to make a, a failure. They have yet to make a bomb. Cross your fingers. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but we're 14 movies in. And 14 uh, oh, number one opening boxing. Opening 14 week. number one. Box. No, so that's telling you. Wow. That's that dude. That is an impressive stat. 14. That itself. Are opening at number one. Fan of the, also 14. If you're a fan of like looking at what critics think, I think 14 that are over. They're certified fresh. Yeah. I'm not. Mm. Yeah. They have yet to make a fucking bad mood. They haven't missed. So keep it going, man. Very excited for what we got next. Black Panther. Right. And then Spider-Man. No, or Guardians no, no. first. Guardians. Yeah, you go Guardians, uh, Spider-Man, Thor, Black Panther, then you got Avengers, Captain Marvel. Um, yes. Avengers. Oh, and, and Ant-Man and the Wasp is somewhere in there, too. Yeah, I think that's 18? Yeah. Wow. I don't remember. Wow. I think it's before <laughs> Avengers. Well, next year's yeah. a trio of we got a trio next Guardians, year. Spider-Man, Thor. That's going to be great. Yep. That that and, and you get Black Panther in February, so... Within like oh, a year the next, and a month, you get yeah, four. Yeah. yeah, you get four movies. Yeah, and they're cranking them out. Four movies, possibly three Netflix series. Is 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 maybe some more TV. We'll see. But uh, Marvel, the bubble is bursting. The, Let me the, tell you. I think this is. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's getting close. <laughs> the bubble is growing. It's getting very thin on the edges. They got to keep it together. I, I'm being facetious. But uh, I, I mean, it's gonna get there at some point. But they seem to be. Uh, uh, impervious to that a little bit still at the moment. So I feel like people are noticing the the, the formula. formula. Yes. Yeah. yes, the formula. And yeah. That's gonna start to really start sticking out. Civil War managed to kind of do something different when they had these two heroes against yeah. each other, and they both yeah. right. And uh, that was interesting. That whole dichotomy. But like, if they're gonna do these origin movies, like you know, you're thinking about uh, Captain Marvel coming down the pipeline. That's an origin yeah. film. Panther. Black Panther, Black Panther like, won't be are, are these going to kind of still step in the same line that these guys are going in already? That's an interesting or, point because this is the first time I've seen where like after an origin film, people are like, that was clearly an origin story and that was pretty formula. Like people are pointing that right, out now. Right. Like, like actually talking about like, was this formulaic? Was this origin story? Yeah. Well, like, there's, people like there's the general really audience never before. used to say that, but I also think they used to never care. Yeah, but like, I think a lot of these movies are also someone's first Marvel movie uh, in a way. So, but they weren't making these kinds of movies that often. Right. Now we're getting them all yeah. the time. So yes. now yeah. people are starting to pick up on. All right, everything's the same. Like when, like let's say, for example, when that Batman movie came out with Michael Keaton, there was no movie right. that was a predecessor to that that we would kind of. Even Superman, the first Superman was completely yep. different than yep. Batman. Yep. yep, you had that being told in uh, the, the or, it wasn't an origin story. It was being told in snippets throughout the story of how he became Batman. They didn't even really get into that. But that but so that also was, was kind of annoying in the in the sense that it you know it wasn't really about Batman. 
But then that led way to give you the awesome Batman Begins. It was a Joker origin yeah, was, story. Yes, more than yes. Batman. Yeah, that but was, Batman Begins is also very formulaic. It hits all yeah. those marks again. Uh, that's a good point. I mean, that that, that, Batman uh, Begins could be easily compared to Doctor yes, Strange. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with being formulaic if you use it right. Yes. And I think this movie did. I think it subverted a lot of the elements of the formula. And I think Where that, it could, yes. You know, it brought something new to the table where like films like Man of Steel and Green Lantern just sort of did it by rote and expected people to like it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good, good stuff, guys. Uh, all right, David. We got a little segment called David's Kickstarter Corner. What do you got for us, D? Take it away. This month, my friend Neil, uh, Neil Gibson, is um, running a Kickstarter for his comic Theatrics. Uh, which is all available online um, as a webcomic. Um, so you can check it out before you back the Kickstarter, but I highly recommend um, doing it because I know there's a lot of cool extras in the Kickstarter. So the story is basically there. It's set in like the 1920s and it's about an actor who um, gets uh, beaten, beaten up and uh, sort of loses his pretty face in the process. And so he decides to sort of do something else and, um, kind of ends up being a boxer and there's there's a lot more to it and it gets really cool really quick and it's a it's a really really gripping story so it's not he doesn't become like a superhero it's more of like no, a real it's world not what a happens to someone this is the kickstarter is for a 132 page hardcover graphic novel yep. wow Wow. Yeah, and they've already wow, that, raised I think like $13,000 something like that. $15,581 uh, so they've What's their goal? they've passed their goal twelve five, and they still have eighteen wow. days to go. So they're got, they're hitting stretch goals. But what a what a what a what a, a collection of work! Like how this must have taken forever to put the as independent one hundred and thirty two. Co- it's full color. Wow. And he Neil is a machine. He's putting out comics left and right. He's got a whole series called Twisted Dark. I think they're on volume six. It's like a horror anthology. He's got uh, Tabitha is another one of his that's really good. If you want to check out, we've got a lot of reviews of his of his work on um, a place saying your cape. His company's called T Pub. If you want to search okay. for that, art by Leonardo Gonzalez. I'm looking at the art on this Kickstarter. Mm. It's very good. Oh yeah, it's, uh, yeah. This is high production, good quality, really well done. All right, that's cool. Check it out. Of course, I'll have links in the show notes to this jockandnerd.com slash one thirty nine. And look, if you're looking for, you know, if you're tired of like big superhero Marvel DC comics, Kickstarter has kind of become a place where you can shop for really different, new, independent, fun comic books. Um, and it's just exciting. And we talked to a bunch of these people. You can check out the feed. Uh, also, well, and you can put in donations for comics and never get the comic. Well, that's we're still waiting on one. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Samurnots and Mark Allen Fishman. Oh. We're still working on the book. Oh, wait a minute! It's been a year and a half. Whatever. I'm sure we'll get it when it's done. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're just cool with that. All Speaking right, cool. of things that are done, uh, <laughs> listener, if you're a regular listener, you may have heard that uh, when I talked about the. A place to hang your Cape Power for Good calendar. I got, David again. Thanks for thinking of me to do the artwork. The boys here made fun of me it was, for the for the piece. It was great. Uh, it was a noble. It was cause for a noble cause. Anti bullying. And we just and we like to give him. Of course, shit any reason. That's why I brought it up. I was like, they're gonna give me shit. That's gonna be great. But really, especially in this post eleven nine world. Any reason for anti-bullying is so important. 11-9. Yes, nine eleven, never forget. Eleven nine, always regret. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, Absolutely. But the anti-bullying message now more important than ever. Uh, how did the experience go with the calendar and everything? I just want. Uh, it went really well. Um, 
everything uh, worked out pretty well. We had a 250 print run um, where we sold a uh, hundred to a school directly. And that was, um, that put us really far over our mark. Um, nice. We, uh, yeah, we had a really good uh, success. It's been really well received by everyone who's seen it. Um, everyone's just been praising all the artwork by both the kids and the, the artists um, who worked on it. And um, we've, raised a lot of money for a really good cause and I'm really happy with it. Congrats, man. I mean, working in, you know, print production and, and creative, I know what kind of a hassle it is to get something printed and to have it come out right and to look at the proofs. Like that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of work there, man. Yeah. You guys, you guys killed it. Good job. Yeah, no, that's really, really awesome, man. Good work. Thanks guys. All right. And we have, uh, happy to support, yes. especially making Ron draw. <laughs> yes. Make me do work. Yeah. Not like I do enough. On this podcast, which is I had, everything. I had, like, I, had a, I had a weapon to his back the entire time. A, Draw! <laughs> Keep drawing! I had a scimitar to my neck. Uh, yeah. he's gonna, he was going <laughs> to ISIS me if I didn't fucking do it. Oh, uh, shit. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's post-Trump world. Political correctness is out the window. You could say whatever the fuck you want, all right? That's the world we're living in. Deal with it. Look, we got a tweet uh, from somebody in response to our Luke Cage review. Um, Ed G., who goes by at It's Your Boy Ed on Twitter? He writes, The Woo are definitely part of the MCU. Check out the deleted scenes in Iron Man 1 at the 146 mark, and he sends us a YouTube video. So weird. I was like geeking out about the fact that Method Man and the Wu Tang clan like, are in the Marvel Universe. Like, Luke Cage is a fan of Method Man. But this, first of all, this clip, I've never seen this outdated clip, uh, this deleted clip from Iron Man 1. Everybody looks so young. Robert Downey Jr. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. It seems like it was so long ago. You know, it was eight years ago, and it's this clip where he, I mean, eight years is a is long, a long time. time. Uh, so it's this clip where he's going to this party, and it's quite racy because he's about to get into like a foursome with like three girls in bikinis. And I was like, wow, this is a that's pretty hot for a Marvel movie. Yeah, they should have left, left that in. Yeah. But yeah, this scene is off. Yeah, right. So I think that guy in the purple. It's the resolution is bad. I think that's. One of the Wu-Tang, if not Method Man. Is, that go- is it Ghostface Killer? It might be killer? Ghostface Killer. Yeah, Illa. I think it is. So he talks about having his Bentley. He's like, oh, I still got your Bentley. I'm sorry. So, but what, like eight years ago, the Wu-Tang were already introduced into the MCU? I fucking love that. That's I love great. it. Good catch by Ed G. It's your boy, Ed. Hooking us up. Yo, I got to go pee real quick. All right. Do Wait, it. we're almost done. No, let him uh, pee while he. Like okay, struggling. go, go, go. Let him pee. Let him pee while we just we can wrap up while he's peeing. Leave this. We'll edit this out in post. No, he won't. Okay, it's baby. <laughs> go pee, rugs, and make it back so we can tell people where to find you on uh, on the internet. Also, I gotta thank Brett Zafka. He made a PayPal one-time donation because he kind of oh, wow. re- in addition to his no, patient? he's restructured. Look, some people oh, nice. are like uh, the. Re- I want to get out of recurring, you know, things, and I'll give you one time yearly, and we get that, of course. Anyway, I want to make it easy for you to support us however you want. So if you go to our website, there is a PayPal donation. You can just make a one-time payment. And look, if you're nice enough and you ask nicely, I will give you the RSS link for the bonus content. Also, maybe depends how much you support us. Uh, but thanks to Brett, man. I can't thank him enough for his continued support. Thank you, Brett. And uh, I'm, are you recovered yet from Cleveland? Sorry about the, the Cleveland. There's always next year, which you when know, the Cubs will win again. The, there's this team called the Chicago Cubs that uh, might have won They're going to keep winning year after year. Uh, and also, I just I want to mention a, a recent appearance on another podcast, the Trivia Geeks podcast. Uh, there's a new episode up. Uh, I'm on there being my regular jackass self. 
But you really learn a lot. I learned, I'm learning a lot on this show. They, they do a section called Dumb Laws. There's just random trivia. You, it proves that you can teach an old dog new tricks. Dude, you have to listen to the show because the amount of answers <laughs> I pull out of my ass and I get right is hilarious. Like most of the time I'm just guessing and it's fucking right and you can teach an old dog. I'll put, I'll put that show on my list right after Stranger Things. Oh, you got to watch the Stranger oh, Things. They're doing a second. Yet. They're doing a second season and they got Sean Astin and uh, who else? Uh, uh, there was what, another 80s guy. Goonies. Yeah, Sean Astin from Goonies. Who's the other fucking guy they got in? There's another like 80s person. Anyways, I, and uh, here's a spoiler. spoiler Eleven will be in season two. That's also been confirmed. Uh, so we weren't sure about that. But uh, Anthony, yeah, watch it. Don't watch it. Whatever. We still got to find Godzilla. Uh, there's a lot of stuff we got to catch up on. I still got to watch all the TV shows. Yeah, You got to catch up on the TV shows. Look, I just want to take a moment to thank all the networks we are on the carry out show, especially. David Malofsky is a place to hang your game. Yeah. I love our relationship we've had. You are great to have on the show anytime. We're also on Weeby Geeks, Tangent Bound Network, Geek Life Radio, every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Central, geekliferadio.com. David, why don't you tell the listener where they can check your stuff out? Well, obviously, you can go to ap2hyc.com. Um, that's two with the number two. Um, a place to hang your cape. We have all your uh, superhero needs. Tons of comic book content. We review the shows every week. So now that the uh, Jock and Nerd aren't doing it anymore, we're picking up the slack. Um, nice. You can find us. Thanks for picking that up. <laughs> but we're not picking up slack holes. Just putting that Oh, out no slack holes. Oh. No, that's just Grab them by the slack hole. Um, oh, shit. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at AP2HYC. And you can find me at, at AP2HYC underscore David on Twitter. Right on. Rugs, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter only. Only Twitter at ReallyRugBoy. That's Twitter. right. Look, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Leave us a rating and review. Just visit jockandnews.com. Jockandnerd.com slash review. What did I say? Jockandnews. Jockandnerd. You will get a different site. Let's look up what, what is jockandnews.com. Tell us what that is. If you own that domain, uh, send us an email. Finally, tell a friend. Spread the geekery. Send the show to someone who's seen Dr. Strange and would enjoy our, uh, our, our nonsense. Our brand of analysis. Uh, and we love having you guys listening. Thank you so much. And here for you right now, the full version of maybe our new intro song. Look, send us an email. Let us know what you think. Your comments. We'll tweak it. Uh, but peace out. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. We'll hear you next time. Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. <laughs> We're making it great again. Let's go. Make Felties great again. All right, this is for all you fans out there. Let's give it up. We're talking, we heard it. We're funny, disturbing.
You know all that shit, you know all 